huge news, years in the making, my brand new book that my publishers refuse to publish, Money Matrix. Beat the money system and build generational wealth. Understand the three main ways that the banks productize you and make money from you. You'll be able to turn that system against itself, build generational wealth and multiple streams of recurring income. It's all at moneymatrix.cash. And if you're quick, the first few hundred registrants and buyers will receive many special bonuses from me. The brand new Moneymaker Summit three-day special event. Meet me at a champagne reception. Meet me at a multi-millionaire networking dinner. Go now, moneymatrix.cash. This is huge. Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. What does the word disruptive mean to you? It means going beyond the ordinary, going beyond the status quo. Not thinking in the conventional way, not just sort of following the herd. Disruptive means taking things up, you know? Disruptive entrepreneur is somebody who sees the problem and embraces the problem with a new way. Shake up and awakening. Quality will take care of itself and you'll go from being disruptive but also profitable. When you use your own reservoir of talent, when you love what you do, then you disrupt. Mix it up, change it up, and dominate. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Hi, it's Rob Moore here, and welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. I don't know why I say, hi, it's Rob Moore here, because after, what, nearly 500 episodes, you probably know it's me. Maybe I'll just say, hi, it's me. So this interview is someone very unique, I think pretty disruptive, and I feel it's my job to bring you guests who don't necessarily do the circuit, who maybe challenge your thought process of who you'd expect me to interview. Now, this lady, uh, she is very, very big in America. Her name is Sharon Carpenter. Uh, She hosts uh, a show in the UK called HQ Trivia. She's the co-creator of the VH1 reality TV show, The Gossip Game. She starred in Fox's primetime hit show, Empire. You've probably heard of Empire, a huge show that you can see on Netflix through um, Fox Entertainment. Uh, And I tried to cover stuff that's really different. I think you'll find we had a very good rapport, especially interesting to me, was talking about holding down a relationship as an entrepreneur. So more and more people are talking to me about, oh, Rob, how do you hold down a relationship? You know, I'm working a lot. How do you date and find love when you're this obsessive entrepreneur? Or how do you maintain the family balance and a long-term relationship when you are starting or scaling? And this is something that is rarely talked about, but I'm getting asked more and more and more. So you noticed I chased Sharon on this a lot and we went really deep into this area, as well as the media, haters, entrepreneurship, critics, etc. I also found really fascinating, I think you'll be somewhat shocked, but also fascinated yourself about her answer to what one thing is wrong in the world that you would like to change. Also, for all, well, I'd say all, most of our interviews now, I'm doing face-to-face uh, and I'm traveling to them, the odd one on Skype, and we put nearly all of them on my official Rob Moore YouTube channel. So if you like the idea of seeing the rapport between us and you like the, the deeper dive video version... Uh, then you can watch it also on my YouTube channel, the official Rob Moore YouTube channel. So thanks for listening to my somewhat wordy uh, intro, but I think it's really important to set the scene. Uh, So here is the interview with star of prime time TV show Empire, Sharon Carpenter. And remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything. Sharon, when people say to you who don't know you, what do you do? What do you tell them? The first 
thing I always say is broadcast journalist. I'm a broadcast journalist, a television journalist, and that's because that's really where I started out on more of the news side of things, um, and then kind of moving over to the entertainment news side of things, but still as a journalist. And now I do so many different things. I'm a presenter. Um, I host a quiz show, uh, which went viral last year, HQ Trivia. I'm a producer. I've always been a producer as well. But because people oftentimes know me, you know, they might know my face from something. That's why I sort of focus more on the on-camera um, side of things when I first introduced myself. So yeah, broadcast journalist, presenter, producer, all the above. So does that, make, does that make you an entrepreneur of sorts? Yeah, it makes me an entrepreneur of sorts. Um, I have my own business called Carpenter Media, and most of the work I do through Carpenter Media. And then I also work on creating and developing television shows as well through that brand. Uh, and everything I do, I mean, even I put out a clothing line last year as well. I collaborated with a clothing company um, called Ego Soleil that's here in uh, the US and in the UK as well. Um, we're in the UK right now, aren't we? Yeah, yeah we're in the UK. Out. I get mixed up sometimes. I just got here from New well, York. Well, obviously it looks like yeah. you could be in LA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. York. I forgot you had an English accent there for a minute. <laughs> yeah. So they're here in the UK and they're in the US as well. And we put together a small intimate collection, yeah. uh, a clothing capsule. So yeah, I'm always looking to get into interesting new things that I'm passionate about. And how long, my you, company. how long have you been in media? Um, so a long time. I mean, it's been about 10 years or just yeah. over 10 years. So. I moved to America from the UK. Initially, I wanted to be in the music business. I wanted to run my, well, I want to be an A&R and look for talent, and then eventually run my own record label. And while I was in school, AKA uni, uh, in the US, I interned for a record label and I realized, okay, I'm sort of stuck behind a desk. I don't really get to be creative. I want to do something else, but what? And it, it was really just by chance. I'd never thought about television or media before. And there was a public access show that's basically community TV over there. And they had a music video show uh, where they'd go around interviewing different artists and covering red carpets and that kind of thing. And they were looking for a new host. They knew I knew a lot about music. They were like, Sharon, would you be interested? I was like, sure, I'll give it a go. It was, you know, super low budget. I was doing it for free. But that's where I realized, oh, I actually have somewhat of a talent for this. People would tell me that I'd do an interview with a star. And then afterwards, those who were in the room would say things like, oh, that really changed my mind about that person. Like, mm. I didn't necessarily like him initially coming into this. Now I see him from a different perspective. That's when I realized the power of the media as well. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Um, so media yeah. must have changed a lot in the 10 years oh, you've been in it. Oh, my goodness. I mean, if you think about the media we're doing now, we've yeah. got a, a, a fairly low budget, if you think, compared to your world yeah. um, set up. And we're live streaming on Facebook. Then we'll live stream on Instagram. We often live stream on LinkedIn. Yeah. We're asking questions live. People are donating stars and getting the questions <laughs> in. These will go on the, our podcast, which has been really it's big amazing. in the UK. Yeah. Or they'll go on YouTube. <clears throat> Uh, and I mean, he doesn't even know how to use a camera. And he, he, he's an expert. He looks a little nervous. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. He's not, he's, he's not, he's not touching. Yeah. I mean, um, so, how has media changed in the 10 years you've been in it? Oh, it's changed so much. I mean, you are objective here. You deliver the facts, you give both sides of the story, and right. you let the audience make up their own mind. And that has obviously changed a lot. People want to hear opinions. There's a lot of one-sided journalism where people, you know, that particular audience may not even want to hear the other side. Right. And journalists come in with a really strong point of view. And for me, it was really difficult to get into that mindset. I've always been a really opinion opinionated person, but you know, coming into this 
and learning to not inject my opinion into my pieces, it was difficult to sort of jump that hurdle and, and be outright about my own personal thoughts and even, you know, take on a story and address it from a certain point of view and a certain stance. But I always like to make sure, and not everybody does this in media, but I always like to make sure that my opinion is a well-informed opinion. So, you know, an opinion is good as long as you know what you're talking about. <laughs> and I think that because, you know, one of the great things as well is that there are so many ways to do this. Like you said, you can do this yourself, right? Set up your own YouTube channel. You mm -hmm. can, you've got social media now. You can grow your own audience. You don't depend on uh, a network. You don't have to go to them to, yeah. you know, find your audience and, and to find your platform. Um, but with that, you know, you also have, there are a lot of voices out there. And for me, what's been really important to me throughout my career, no matter what it is I do, whether it's hard news, whether it's entertainment, credibility is key and making sure you're talking facts. Um, and there are certain media outlets that aren't about that. Mm. So, which can be a little dangerous, you know, yeah. that sometimes you're playing with people's lives, celebrities' lives, um, newsmakers' lives by putting fact, you know, fake news out there. Mm. There's a lot of fake news out there. And I think it's for sort of the audience to, you know, do their due diligence and make sure that where they go, okay, it's okay to go to a site for purely entertainment. Um, if you, you know, don't necessarily take it seriously, if you know, it's not a credible site, but, you know, make sure you go to your credible uh, broadcasters, your credible journalists and bloggers as well. Mm. Yeah. So I suppose on the one hand, Everyone's got an opinion, so yeah. that's challenged credible news. Yeah. On the other hand, if you're not a, a news broadcaster, you can still put your YouTube channel out there, yeah. put your social media out there, make something of yourself. If yeah. you think about it, a lot of us now, people like me, I suppose, and, and many people, mm. we can become our own media channel, yes. our own media broadcaster. Yeah. Do you think that's good? I do think it's good. I mean, it does put the power in people's hands. There are a lot of young people that always say to me, well, how did you get where you are? And I, I always tell them, you know, you are in the best position right now because there are so many resources. You can just start doing it. You don't have to wait until you're perfectly polished and you're mm. super experienced. It's like, just do it. That's how you're going to get better. Yeah. Um, you know, create your own YouTube channel. And I think it's great to have opinions. I think where, you know, what I was saying before, where it can be a little dangerous is if you're reporting on a story, but you're not even really doing any research. You're not checking yeah. your facts and you're just putting it out there like it's fact. Oh, this person had an affair, but there's no actually actual real news. It's just rumors. Mm. Um, and, and that's where, you know, things can get a little tricky. But yeah, if you've got an opinion, if you're passionate about something, you know, talk about it, learn about it, speak about your experiences yeah. and, you know, get it out there. Mm. And someone who's maybe, forgive the the phrase here, but old school yeah. compared to say TikTok yeah. or um, you know, <laughs> or some of the people who use Twitter, you know, yeah. you, you come from a credible, journalistic, balanced upbringing. Yeah. And then they're, they're, they're these kids or these people who just rant or blurt out, like you said, their opinion yeah. and grow these massive followings. How, how does that make you feel? Um. I mean, again, I, I think there are sort of two sides to it. Part of that is great. It's great that everybody has a voice and I think it's important for everybody uh, to be heard and we're in that position where that can happen now. 
Um, but, you know, I, I just say, just do your due diligence. Make sure you're knowledgeable about yeah. what you're talking about. Don't just because you saw somebody tweet about it. Now you're just going to jump on that bandwagon mm. and go with that point of view without knowing what the real story is. Like, know what the real story is and then give us your opinion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think that's good advice. I think a lot of people are easily swayed. Yeah. But do they just believe everything they see? Exactly, exactly, mm. exactly. So, you know, just make sure you're all well informed mm. and, and then speak out about it. But I mean, I love social media and really it was, I think it was 2008 when Twitter or when I started using Twitter. And at that point I was working for BET News and really starting to make a name for myself. And it was great. You know, it's a great way to connect with audiences, see what people like and what they don't like, what they want more of, um, to break news stories as well. because it was a lot faster to break a story on Twitter and it still is than it is to wait for, you know, your time to come up on television. Mm. Um, so yeah, I mean, I love social media and I love interacting with people on social media so you saying that there was an article that came out i think it was yesterday yeah um obviously if you're watching it's, it's a little bit more in the past um of the um the highest earners on youtube yeah and i don't know if you've heard of the kid ryan who's got the toys review channel he's got like is he like 10 years old or something and he's old. making okay and he's old. making like millions and millions of dollars million dollars in his youtube channel yeah, last yeah. year his parents must be like whoosh, whipping yeah. him from the back from the age of three. What, what does that? Because I put a post on LinkedIn, yeah, um, and it's had quite a, a, some polarizing debate. Yeah, some people are like, "Wow, it's inspirational." Yeah. It just shows what social media can do, and other yeah. people are like, "He's only an eight-year-old kid. He's getting pimped out. That is wrong. It's got to be driven by his parents." What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think, again, it's about, you know, are you informed? You know, is he... Maybe this is something that he... I don't know a lot well, about, I him, don't to be even. honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People are making so, assumptions. So, uh, yeah, exactly. It's making an assumption. So, um, you know, do your research. Find out about this kid. Maybe this is just what he absolutely Ooh. loves to do. I've never watched his broadcast. So I don't know, you know, how many he puts out a day or how many put, he puts out a week. Yeah. Um, but maybe if it's a weekly thing and, you know, he loves playing with toys, which kid doesn't love playing with toys? Yeah. Um, and he's really, you know, giving his own opinion and his own experience. I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, his parents are on him like that and mm. driving him. It might be, you know, him that's driving himself. You never know. Mm. Mm. Okay. So, um, Empire. Yeah. Season two. Yes. Uh, so this is amazing, by <laughs> yeah, the way. Yeah, so cool. For you to, you played yourself, is that right? I played myself, I mean, I a, yeah. Yeah, like, I think... Yeah. <laughs> I could I can be myself, but then if I had to play myself, I probably wouldn't end up being myself. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was a little trickier playing. Yeah, it was a little trickier than just being myself. But they wrote that scene so well, so it really felt like the type of interview I would normally do. Yeah. Um. So you know, you might start off with a few kind of softer ball questions, but you know, you have to ask a question that person may not like that much so you sort of figure out a way to get so to you, that you, place you don't go straight in you lead into it no i don't go straight yeah, in yeah, and we've, I, got, we've got a couple yeah, of those by the yeah, way uh, <laughs> well you know i do it too so what can i say yeah. um but yeah, so it was written really well. I was nervous because, you know, I was doing this in front of an Academy Award nominated actress, Taraji P. Henson. I was the only non-actor, you know, on set in that scene. And, you know, it was major, major, major production. So 
uh, it was interesting. So I sat down with Jesse Smollett, who, of course, you know, there's been a lot of news out there about him, but he plays Jamal Lyon, super, super talented. Um, and when I first sat down with him, you know, I knew like what cue to take from him to then say my next question. But he sort of went on this whole tangent and like did his own thing because he's a great actor. Um, and it was, you know, super convincing and believable. But it threw me off the first time. And I was like, oh, I forgot my life, like as a complete amateur, right? <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, the non-actor, here we go. And the director, uh, who was Dee Reese, uh, amazing director, she was directing that episode. She's done like some movies, she's great. She came over, she was like, oh, Sharon, you know, if you, can I swear? Okay. She was like, if you fuck this up, don't worry about it. Like, just keep going because I'm sure there's some stuff we can use. As soon as she took the pressure, I was I was just like, bam, 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 hitting it again and again. You yeah. know, we're trying it different ways. The soft approach, the hardcore approach, the shock jock approach. Yeah. Um, and it worked really well. But uh, but yeah, it was super cool. I mean, Cookie, who is uh, one of the main characters, she came in and she said my name. And that was probably the most epic moment from it. Like, yeah. Cookie's like, yeah, Sharon, I'm the one you spoked on the phone. Um, <laughs> Um, so yeah, it was really awesome, and uh, I think 23 million people watched that episode. Wow! So, yeah. Did you? Right. So um, Kieran there, um, he Kieran's an ex-bodybuilding world champion. Oh really? Um, oh, I can tell. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I work out. Yeah, you work out. <laughs> Listen to you. <laughs> He's on. He's uh, on first dates on Christmas Day evening at night. First date, the show. Yeah. I just watched that for the first time. I didn't even know about that show. Yeah, well, well I've never seen. Are it. you on it? He's on it oh. on Christmas Day oh. evening. Oh, okay, okay. So, okay. Check it out. All right, mate. All right. Okay. <laughs> I was just at my friend's house in Watford. One of my best friends, who still lives in Watford, which is where I'm from originally, and we were watching First Date. She was like, "Oh yeah, you know, I'm obsessed with the show." I'm like, "Oh, I've never even seen it." Okay. So um, we're quite excited to see if. Because it'll probably be watched by millions of people, I guess. Yeah. We're quite excited to see if yeah. it'll really increase his social media following. Okay, okay. Because um, we're all interested in social media. It's yeah. Part of what we do. yeah. So you had 23 million people watch yeah. your series. Yeah. Did you get extra followers? Did it grow your social media? Yeah, it did. I'm not sure how many, though, because it was a while back. It was like right. in 2015, 2016. So you weren't so, like sitting there when it was on track no, in the social media. No, I still, was He's still upset. Look, look at him. He's still upset. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sure you're going to get a lot more followers. I, I actually was a trending, a worldwide trending topic on Twitter. So I was looking at Twitter oh, wow. more so than, yeah. And that's the second time that's, is that, no, it's the third time yeah. that's happened. Right. So that was cool. And I was looking at all the comments. And does that, does that get you more followers when you're worldwide It does trending? get you more followers. And then it's just cool to see what everyone's saying about you as mm. well. Um, and what was, well, what was it's subjects? not always cool, but it was cool what in this. So that was for Empire. That right, was like, yeah. oh, Sharon's a number. Oh, I love Sharon. And yeah. that was like, that was wonderful because that was a really positive experience being a trending topic. The time before that, when I was a trending topic, wasn't quite as positive. That was more like, I'm never going outside ever again in life. <laughs> so it can go both ways. When it's great, it's great. It's like, oh yeah, I could do this all day. Oh yeah, I'm getting all this love. This is fantastic. But, but this, the second one, what was it about then? So the, so the second one, so the first one, so I'll just, okay. So I created a show that was called The Gossip Game and it's a reality show. It was on VH1 in the US and it was about a group of seven media, female media personalities who cover entertainment. I uh, wasn't initially going to be on the show. We pitched it to VH1. They loved it. They were like, we want to do this. But they really were interested in me being part of the show as well. 
And I was concerned because, you know, being a journalist, I was worried that it could affect my credibility. But then seeing all the changes that were going on in the media and how a lot of it really is about who's following you, who knows you, who's passionate about you, I was like, okay, I'll take the chance. Yeah. So I was on the show. So the first episode that aired, I, it was an easy episode for me. You know, I'm dressed nicely, you know, looking pretty stylish. Like all my scenes were fun and funny. So I'm a trending topic and it's like nothing but love, 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 love from everyone. Thousands of tweets. Fast forward a few weeks. There was an episode that, you know, being British and being in America on a show like that, it's very easy to sort of make you, turn you into the British bitch, <laughs> right? The stuck up British bitch, which is what they did. And there was some, you know, uh, amusement, you know, some, some hilarious moments that came along with that. But there were some serious moments that came along with that as well. And so, again, worldwide trending topic, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of tweets. You're so stuck up, you need to be more humble. And wow, yeah. I mean, that was the best of it. There were like some really like what? rough, like you're yeah. gonna get what's coming to you. Really? And yeah. you know, you're such a, you know, B word. I've already said it, you're such yeah. a bitch. You know, just, so there were some really mean ones in there as and well. And it's- How you feel? It made me feel, like I needed to go into hiding to a certain extent, really? to be honest. Yeah. I literally felt like like seeing all those tweets, I thought to myself for the first time on that show, I thought to myself, if I made a mistake, maybe I shouldn't have done this. Is this gonna interfere with the other stuff I wanna do in life? Um, and I, I was on the train as well. I was taking the train and someone came over and they were like, oh, I know you, I know you, I love you. You should be more humble though. And like mm. got off the train, I'm like, damn. You know, like everyone hates me. They think I'm so mean and evil. But then a week later, like because of the way that episode went, everyone loved me again. Yeah. Um, but I also noticed. I mean, what did that? What did that whole cycle of love you, hate you, teach love me you? Yeah, teach you not to take it seriously. Right. So, but I was yeah. also warned by the PR department at VH1. They were like, "Don't look at your social media." And I said. I've been on Christmas TV Christmas Day, before. mate. Maybe yeah. don't look at your social media. <laughs> Channel 4 said to me, yeah. really close it down, but I said no. You've got to look at your social yeah, media. Yeah. Like, you can't help it. I was like, listen, I've done this before. I've been on TV many times. This is <laughs> yeah. not like this. Yeah. I said, and really? They were right. Yeah, they were yeah. right. But what I also found really interesting was there were people who would tweet at me and say something like, you know, I can't stand you. And then I might say something like, oh, you know, you're too you know, you're too pretty to be so mean or something like that. And suddenly they're your biggest fan mm. and like they're following you. Um, so I think there are a lot of people out there that might just say stuff to, well, sometimes they're trolling and then sometimes they're saying things to get your attention. Yeah. But no one has ever come up and said anything mean in person. Every, anyone I met after doing that show or while doing that show was always like, oh my God, you're my favorite on the show, I love mm. you. So, um, so it's interesting, you can't really take social media that seriously and you have yeah. to build up a tough skin. Mm. That particular night was rough and I was with my boyfriend at the time and I was with one of my best friends. Both of them were like, do not look at your social media because mm -hmm. I'm like flipping out while the, I'm like, no, look at this. Mm. Like while the episode's going on, I'm like, oh my goodness, they cut that out to make me look like that. Mm. I was like, that's wrong. If they'd heard what the other person had said, yeah. then people would have a very different opinion of what had happened. But that's the nature of reality TV. And I mm. get it, you know, mm. I produce those types of shows as well now, so. Yeah. I created that show, but I'd never produced a show like that yeah. before. Um, so controversy on social media. Yeah. Um, so 
It's something, I guess, that could be used for leverage. You know, mm. you could be intentionally con controversial. Yeah. You could yeah. polarize people. Yeah. Um, I guess, really, in media, you understand the like the power and the responsibility of that. Yeah. Have you ever used that? Is it good to do that? Is it is it gives you a, mm. a quick high, but then can affect you? Just talk about that. It can. I mean, I see people getting far by using that. Um, by jumping into, you know, talking about stuff that's controversial or, you know, taking a, you know, a certain side that most people aren't taking. And it's worked for certain people. That's not what I do. And I'm probably more of the safer bet, which works in my favor sometimes. It doesn't always work in my favor. My name might be, you know, astronomical had I, you know, taken that approach. But... I'm the safer bet. So there are a lot of companies that feel very comfortable working with me. You know, I work with the BBC. I work with BBC America. Um, I work with a lot of brands nowadays as well. So you were talking about the difference between media then and media now. I think it's okay for someone like myself to work with a brand, whereas before when I first got into the industry, it was really frowned upon. You're not supposed to, you know, promote brands. Like a true journalist doesn't do that. Oh, right. Yeah. But mm. now, like, I just recently worked with AT&T, which is a, a big um, phone service provider and more... Fizzy one, yeah? Uh, Have you just put still in my fizzy? That's that looks fizzy. That's oh. fizzy. Actually, no. That's that why does. you're a cameraman, Harry. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh <laughs> and he's eating my tortilla chips as well. Oh, no, you better have one. <laughs> um, Sorry, Sharon. No, that's okay, that's okay. But, yeah, all in all, I... If I'm passionate about something, if I really feel strongly about something, then I'll jump in. But there are certainly companies that I've worked for that do say, okay, don't be political or companies that have hired me and said, oh, we were thinking of bringing on so-and-so as well, but they're too, you know, d divisive. Right. They're too, That's yeah. interesting. Because yeah. I think a lot of people see all this controversy. Yeah. And, that, you know, you stand on one side of the fence and almost feel like you have to be like that to get any reach and exposure. And, and, but what you're actually saying is, if you stay away from that game and you're not comfortable with that, you're credible in other areas. Yeah, it might take you a bit longer, yeah. but I think it might, <clears throat> it might take you a bit longer, but you might have more longevity. Yeah. And it depends. I mean, you know, there are some people who that's just their thing and it works for them. Mm. Um, but then there are other people it doesn't work for and yeah. it can backfire and now you've been canceled. Mm. You know, right. we're in cancel culture right now. Right. In, and oftentimes people can't even give... So when you say be cancelled, what do you mean for us that aren't... So, yeah, so basically this is where, you know, you face an extreme backlash because of something you've said and now people are pushing for those not to support you, not to, you know, watch you on TV, you know, to get you fired, right. uh, not to play your music if you're a musician right. and, like, just going really hard against you. Wow. Yeah, we call it cancel culture right. um, in the UK and, it, I mean, in the US. So that, and it really the, starts... Sorry, that's if people no, that's take okay. an extreme stance. Is that what you mean? Or say something It's not that, always an extreme right. stance, to be honest. It's not always an extreme stance. It's just someone might say something and then one person picks up on it and makes it a bigger deal than it actually was... Um, and then everybody else then jumps on it. And now they're all tweeting this person or they're in their, you know, their comments on Instagram. And now the media is picking up on that. And maybe they're taking, because the media often takes cues from what's happening on Twitter yeah. and what people are talking about nowadays. Um, and now this person's apologizing for something that they maybe never should have 
ever had to apologize for. Mm. It's okay to have your own opinion. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's good to have different opinions and it's good to listen to other opinions as well because it might open your mind to something. Mm. Um, but yeah, we're sort of in this culture where it, it's weird. It's this interesting sort of dichotomy where on the one hand, yeah, saying extreme things can get you bigger and can, can get you a lot of attention. But saying things that are either extreme or maybe not even so extreme can also get you cancelled. Yeah. Mm. And comedians even have to be really careful nowadays. That's like become a really big thing. Like there are certain things you're just not supposed to say and certain comedians may get away with it. And then another comedian may have said a joke that's tamer than that joke over here, but because this person picked up on it and now they're tweeting and it's become this snowball effect and now they're canceled. Yeah. So <laughs> you the know, now it's hard to get yeah. a show. What's the lesson here then? Is the lesson be yourself? Is the lesson take the rough with the smooth? What's yeah, the lesson? Yeah, I, I think there are a couple of lessons. I think be yourself is important. Yeah. And I think that that's something that I've learned throughout my career. Like I have become most liked by an audience being myself and being true to myself. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to go off on a little tangent here, if that's Perfect. okay. So yeah. HQ Trivia, did you play HQ Trivia? No. So HQ Trivia, it's probably, the people that know me in the UK probably know me because of HQ Trivia. So mm. HQ Trivia is a, an app that went viral, is a game show on your phone. Uh, we started it out in the US in 2017, end of 2017 when I first hosted the show. So it's a, a trivia show where there's a host and you basically take people through. It used to be 12 questions. Now it's 15 or 20, sometimes 30. But it used to be 12 questions, um, fun and games. People could win money uh, and it's multiple choice. So I started in 2017 at the end of the year. There were maybe 1,200 live players, right? A couple of weeks later, there are now like 5,000 live players in the game. Wow. A couple of weeks later, 20,000. We got to 2 million live, 2.5 million live players in the game at one time. Everyone on their cell phones playing this game. And it just became such a phenomenon. Celebrities were playing this game, mm. right? Um, families are playing this game. So you've got your cool kids who were the first ones, you know, the, the, your people who are into tech and the cool kids who are on top of these things. They started out playing it. Now their parents are playing it and their grandmother's playing it and their little brother and they're all playing it together and it's still cool. Everyone's playing at work at 3 p.m. Like offices are shutting down and the bosses are like, yeah, get out your phones. It's HQ trivia time mm. and it's okay. Uh, so it became this wild phenomenon. So first in the US and then we launched it in the UK and I was the main host of the UK show. Yeah. And literally within maybe <clears throat> three months, I was basically in every publication in the UK, like didn't even know um, at, at certain times because uh, Grazia was a magazine that I've always loved and I really wanted to be in Grazia. And I remember a publicist reached out to Grazia, like, would you be interested in doing a piece on Sharon? They're like, what are you talking about? She was in last week's magazine. Like, right. here's the, the uh, tear sheet or whatever. Um, but anyway, the point I guess I was trying to make here is I was, this was my first time really putting myself out there as my true, authentic self. Like, in terms of my journalism, 
it was always me interviewing someone or I'm delivering a story and, you know, I'm just giving you the facts. Um, or it's about the person that I'm interviewing, but this is 15 to 20 minutes. It's just you, you know, you're supposed to be entertaining people. It's you and the questions and that's it. You're not tossing to this package. You're not tossing to this person. What does tossing to a package mean? Tossing means throwing to like, oh, you know, check this out. Or, you know, so-and-so has the story. Um, that's what, that's what we mean by tossing to it. Um, And so it's just you. And I remember like when we, when I first started doing the show, you know, everyone was giving input. Oh, Sharon, maybe you should be a bit softer. And, you know, they like that soft approach from, you know, from, from women and from men as well. Sometimes in the UK, it's a bit different to the US and different people had different opinions. But as soon as I was just like, I'm just going to be me. You know, and I'm going to give some of my British humor. It, this is with the US game as well. I'm like my cheeky British humor. I'm going to bring it to the US game. Yeah, they might not be used to it. And they loved it. Mm. And this, the same thing with the UK fans. Everyone started calling me Shazza. And there was I this call sort my mum Shazza. She's called Shazza. Do you? Oh, yeah. Shazza. And I loved it. Like, yeah. So, so everyone knows me as Shazza, the people that play that game. And it was all about just being myself. Mm. And you know what? Yeah, there are times you're yourself and people might not like it. But... Oh, wow. Yeah. You know, you, you can work on sort of an enhanced version of yourself or you can work on your comedic timing a bit more. There are things that you can work on. But I think it's really about staying true to yourself. Mm. Yeah. Okay, great. So you're a, a very successful Brit in America. I'd love Thanks. to talk about that. What's it yeah. like being a Brit in the States? It's great. Um It, it has its downsides, but it's, it's great. I, one of the toughest things for me was moving and leaving everything behind. We're in Guildford right now, which is where my family lives. Um, from Watford originally, then Guildford. And I moved when I was 18 to go to a university in the States. And I'd never even been to New York before. So I up and left everything. I left my boyfriend who I'd been with every single day for like two years. I left, left my him. entire, yeah. I mean, wow. we tried to stay together for a little while. It didn't quite work out. That's, you know? that's, that's strong, that is. Well, Been come on. I had the, I had the, so your career was I, more important than your boyfriend? Yes. Right. Yes. You, you, you tilted <laughs> your head. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was 16 when I first met him, and at 16 to 18. But yeah, you know, I had big dreams. That's why yeah. I left to go Why didn't to, you go with you then? Because it's not that easy. No. It's not that easy. Yeah, because... So did you, did it was you, expensive to yeah. go there and to go to school, to go to uni there. Right, yeah, you know, yeah. it's, it's costly. Yeah. Um, and then there's figuring things out mm. after you leave uni. You can't just, and they make it difficult to come here as yeah. well for Americans to come here. They make it difficult mm. for Brits to go there too. So did you know going there you might lose him? Or did you think it would carry on working out? Well, as you know, it was young love. So I hoped we'd be able to work it out. Mm. But you know, using my head and, you know, my intelligence told me that there's a chance that, you know, we, it might not work out mm. and it didn't work out. Yeah. But that was a good thing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll come, <laughs> we'll come back to the Brits thing in a minute. Yeah. But we got this, we've got this, maybe we've got enough rapport now to ask this question question. Oh, this is the one. This yeah. is going for the jugular now. I know, okay. I, 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 just confident. so you know, I don't do that. That's okay. not, I, <laughs> I just want actually, if I could just say something about my interview style. Yeah, is, of course. I don't like catching people out at all. 
Um, I'm not interested in that. I like to show the best side of someone um, because that's what I want to do. I, I want you at the end to go, I liked meeting Rob, I liked meeting the team, we had a good time. That's really important to me when I do all my shows. And that's my style. And I realise I probably could be a bit more probing with questions and get a bit more controversy, but yeah. I, I draw that line. Yeah. Because I don't want you to, to leave feeling a bit like... What would be the word? Uh, yeah, attacked yeah. or abused or called yeah. out or tripped yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. Which I think lots of journalists do. Yeah. Fair enough, that might be voyeuristic. For yeah. me, that's not. So yeah. um, we actually got this quote, and I think you said this word for word, mm. so I'm not trying to trip you up or anything, yeah. but this is interesting. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. So I believe you said this, but <coughs> okay, don't forget, okay. uh, we took it from a website, okay. so you can... <laughs> I'll so, let you know if it's yeah, true or not. <laughs> exactly. So okay. as a woman in this industry... It's hard finding a man who actually understands this industry and is secure enough in himself to not let that get in the way of, a, of your relationship. Yeah, So that's did true. you say that? I did. Okay, cool. Yeah. And what does that mean? Where did you find that? That's interesting. Kieran found it. On, did you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I meant that being in this industry, well, one, I think everyone, a lot of men like the idea of, oh, I'm with this woman and she works on television and she covers red carpets and she interviews celebrities and she does stuff like that and she's like got her own stuff going on. But the reality of it can be, okay, we're here watching Netflix and I'm on my computer over here. I'm not all cuddled up to you and, you know, doting on you because I've got work to do. It might be it's Valentine's Day and I'm traveling and I'm all the way in LA and you're here in New York and I know it would have been nice to spend Valentine's Day with you, but there's this big opportunity going on in LA and I have to go do that. That's my job. Mm. Um, <clears throat> but then there's another side of that, which is they some men are threatened by the men that you are around, you know, you're interviewing some of the biggest stars in the world. Um, you're interviewing a lot of influential men. You're working for them sometimes. You're working alongside them a lot of the time. There are lots of dinners. There are lots of, Ooh. you know, there's a lots of socializing. That's a big part of this industry. I don't do it as much as I used to and I don't do it as much as I should. Yeah. Um, but a big part of it, of it is had those, those social relationships and friendships and getting to know people and that sort of thing. And, you know, really building your relationships. And some men, and you know, I don't necessarily blame them all the time, but some men can find that a bit intimidating. They like the idea of it initially, but then when they're in this situation or they're on social media and they're seeing like all these men declaring their love for you, or and one happens to be a yeah, supermodel. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was yeah, good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the supermodel, that was me, yeah. yeah. <laughs> then yeah. it's, you, you it. can explain oh baby but you know I don't care I don't want to go out with that supermodel and you know that there was a situation I was in and I didn't want to go out with this I didn't I really didn't um but you know that some people just it's a bit too much for them to so handle. you've had this experience with previous partners where yeah. it's made it really hard yeah and has that made it hard for you to hold down a relationship yeah Me, yeah. I mean, with this particular, that with one particular person, yes, because that's the person I was with the longest, like throughout, mm. like where my career really sort of has gotten to that higher level. So yeah, I mean, there were times he was very understanding or tried to be, but I think I had to do a lot of explaining. And 
you know, the dinner meetings, they can be hard to explain as well for someone who's not in the industry and even some people who are in the industry. Um, but I think it depends how you handle it. There was a boyfriend that I had once and I told him I had this meeting and it was an evening meeting and it was with an executive who I ended up doing some work with. He was a good looking executive who people knew. And my that boyfriend says to me, do I need to be concerned? I said, no. He said, all right, cool. And that was it. That's great. Yeah. Right, but then, you know, not everyone's that um, uh, confident in yeah. themselves. Sure. So Or I, trusting, whichever yeah. way you want to look at that, yeah. Yeah, I think I can imagine why people would feel insecure. Yeah. Um, I can too. I mean, yeah. I, I don't always... It's not always a lack of trust, is yeah. it? It's just sometimes <clears throat> a fear in themselves. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And it's hard, you know, when it's sort of in your face and it's in your face more with social media. Before yeah. it was a little more... And it's public. Yeah, it's mm. public. You you can read the comments and it can it can just be a bit much for some people. Mm. Okay, so <coughs> yeah. let's take the heat slightly off you, mm. but don't worry, I'll, I'll sort of bring it back. Okay. Um, but <laughs> the reason... The re- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've not really talked on my podcast. You'll be about episode, what, 435, 440? So Have a you lot done of it, that many? Yeah, wow, 400-odd episodes. Yeah. But we've not really talked much about holding down a relationship as an entrepreneur. Mm. So, you know, you travel a lot. Yeah. You're very busy. Like yeah. you said, you could be working in an evening. Yeah. You could have to say bye to your partner and off for a week and yeah. you're socialising and stuff. Yeah. And that must be really hard. Yeah. Because... Um, uh, my, my wife I've been with for, what, 14 years, something like that. Yeah, wow, um, that's great. She, she sort of, she grew up with me yeah. as I... Success. As you were rising. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So she knew who I was. Um, and she's kind of pretty settled at home. Yeah. Um, and is, likes her independence, so kind of likes it when, when I go off. Yeah. Um, but I've realised if I was with someone who was wanted to be with me all the time, yeah. which is very romantic, yeah. or wasn't 100% secure in herself, yeah. or had trust issues or whatever, it never would have worked. It yeah. would have been a massive car yeah. crash. Um, and there are a lot of people out there who are entrepreneurs who are trying to make it work, but are mm. lonely, mm. or it affects their relationships yeah. or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I suppose two questions in one yeah. is... One, has that, have you ever experienced that yourself yeah. where it's really hard to get that connected relationship? Yeah. And then two, what advice have you got for people who are so want to be successful and follow their mm. career, like you left a boyfriend that you're in love with to go yeah. to New York, yeah. but they also want to maintain a relationship? Yeah. No, it's hard. And yeah, I've definitely been in that situation. And I do get very caught up with work. So it's sometimes I do sort of forget about the person that I'm with, not in a bad sense. But I remember there was a presentation we were working on for a show that we actually ended up selling to MTV. And, you know, it was working around the clock from six o'clock in the morning till we weren't getting done till like three o'clock in the morning. Right. And I was out in Houston and um, my boyfriend at the time was you sound like you've had a lot of boyfriends, but no, way. it was the same boy. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you sort of make that well, clear. Yeah, I've only mentioned three so yeah. far. So, <laughs> but this was the one I was with for an extensive amount yeah. of time until recently. And um, he was like, it was like three o'clock in the morning. And yes, I did Snapchat. I'm in the club, but the but the whole premise was around clubs, right? So. Um, so yes, I was thinking about my social media, but that was still work. Mm. And he's texting me like, 
you're Snapchatting, but you haven't even called me. And I'm like, but I'm still working. You're in the club. You know, you're dancing in that, in that social media post. Yes, but I'm not really, I was dancing for like three seconds just for the post. And now I'm back to, you know, doing whatever. Cause I, you know, you still want to be entertaining for your, um, you know, your followers. And so I don't know if I've always been the best at that when, I, but also, you know, when you're working, when you're in that environment, you have to be like, so focused, laser, laser focused. I can't you just send, and, your, send your boyfriend a quick message here, a quick message there. Just hey, honey, I'll just let you know I'm thinking about well, you. you. Were you too focused on your career? I no, I wouldn't say I'm, no, no, I wouldn't. I would say that I spoke to you earlier. I said, I'm going to call you when we're done. And I will call you when we're done, but it might be like three, four o'clock in the morning. If you text me, then I'll be like, yeah, sorry, I'm still working. I'm mm. not going to just ignore you unless I don't have my phone with you. Yeah. But sometimes there's just so much in your head and you're worried about this and you're thinking about that and you're running over there doing that and you're dealing with the talent over here while someone else is dealing with the talent over there. You want to make sure that, you know, you're hitting all the shots that you need to get. Um, and there's just, your mind is just so full. You're not even thinking mm. about that. You know, if you're, yeah. it's, it's, yeah. if you think Which about that. Which is an entrepreneurial that, trait, isn't an, it? Yeah. We, to be so obsessed about our work. Yeah. But let's be honest, if we're so obsessed about our work, yeah. they're going to feel lonely. Yeah, no, well, they are. But I will say that I'm understanding because of it. And in fact, the same, that same boyfriend He's also been very busy. He's a, an entrepreneur, a uh, not, not multiple entrepreneur. What would you call it? A, um, serial. serial entrepreneur. Yeah. Lots of businesses. He works so hard. He works his butt off. He's always working, uh, even on holidays sometimes. And I get it. And I'm yeah. like, I like it, to be honest. Yeah. I well, like it because I'm like that as well. Yeah. But I think sometimes... Not every woman can handle that. I think I can handle that, but I think there are some men who are like, oh, but you're my woman, like, give me some attention, some love, and, you know, okay, we're watching a yeah. movie. I don't want you on your computer. You should be hugged up on me. Yeah. I'm like, we're still watching the movie. Why do I have to? But I, I get why some people don't like that. I do. So I yeah. think it takes a certain type of person to be with someone who has that mindset and is really driven and wants to be successful. And I would say, you really have to think about, here's the advice portion. You really have to think about what is important to you because that I do know people who have worked so hard and it's been about work, 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 work and tossing people to the side and boyfriends, whatever, you're not important. Yeah. And then they get to a point where they're like, oh, you know, I kind of wish I had a family mm. and I wish I had, do you, have you kids? know, I don't have kids yet, no. Um, but I want a, I want a family and I do. So I was in a relationship until recently. Um, but part of the reason I wanted to leave that relationship is because I felt that I can't achieve everything I want to achieve in life in terms of the career side of things. If I'm with that particular person, how long were you with him for many years on and off? Okay. So like 10 years on and off. So you, you rejected him because he's holding you back in your career. No, it's, it's a bit more complicated than that. Well, but we've got time. Yeah. We've got loads of time. <laughs> no, it's, it, it, it's a few different things, but I... It's a few different things, but I just realised that was part of it. Yeah. 
And if you don't have that person who wants to see you fly,、mm. who wants to see you spread your wings and is there along the way with you, you want to see them spread their wings and live their dreams as well.、Yeah. There's a reason I left England, right? And the reason I left England was to follow my dreams. I'm not going to say goodbye to my family, the boyfriend I was with every day for two years,、mm. and live a lonely life because it does get really, really lonely living、yeah. there. It does even now, and I've been there for a long time.、Yeah. But.、Um, I didn't do that for nothing. I didn't do that to say, oh, well, you know, forget all that, forget my dreams, and、mm. you know, I've done this amount and I'm good now. No, I, I still have more dreams and there's still more I want to do. Yeah.、Um, and I want to see my partner fly, and I want him to see me fly as well, just as、yeah. high. So, so, do you think、yeah. there's like a type of person that can be married or in a relationship、mm. to an entrepreneur? Yeah. Definitely, I think there are some people who are just understanding. They kind of have their own stuff going on anyway. I think if you, if you're busy enough yourself, I mean, of course you want to see each other. Of course you want to spend time with each other. And I think as an entrepreneur, you have to those things that are really important. You got to find time for that.、Yeah. You know, if it means you go without any sleep. You know, you have kids, right?、Mm. You got to find time for the kids. Yeah. Right, especially on holidays and special occasions.、Mm. There may be times that you might not be able to be there for one of your kids' birthdays. Yeah. But you have to make up for that.、Yeah. So you've got to go the extra mile to make sure you know you put in that time and attention. Now you're married. Now you've got you know you've got a family. So find that time. But、uh, now I forgot what the question was. I'm just enjoying the moment.、Oh, <laughs> you can put it on the walls as well. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> but, yeah, but I I think that、uh, the type of person. Oh, the type of person. Yes. Yeah,、uh, that that is suited because、so, actually、yeah. it's great because you've got this experience. I think、mm. it's actually a really important conversation. Yeah. Because I do think there's certain types of people that probably aren't going to work out. Being in a relationship、yeah. with a very career-driven person,、yeah. with an entrepreneurial person who wants to go and chase their dreams,、yeah. and who has hunger and wants to grow, I,、yeah. I do. I do think that this is a conversation we、yeah. should have more of. Also,、yeah. there are some people that it makes feel so uncomfortable that they want to hold them back. Exactly. I, the girlfriend I had before my、um, wife,、yeah. um, she was like that. She was lovely in, in many ways,、yeah. but I had these dreams, and to, to be honest, they were a bit above my station. I hadn't、yeah. proved. What I've done now,、yeah. I'm going to go and do this and that, and she just be like,、yeah. oh, "Why do you want to do that? Why do you want to do that? Oh, you shouldn't do that. Why do you want to do that?" And that wasn't suited to me. Yeah. Um. So I think it is important to think about. There are a lot of entrepreneurs、yeah. out there who are quite freaking lonely、yeah. and can't hold down relationships. We are、yeah. a bit weird. Yeah. Us types. No, no, we are, and some people don't understand it. I'll tell you, like. One boy. God, no, this is not. This interview is going way better than that. <laughs> I had this one boyfriend, right? Some of them might be the same one, though.、Um, but he was somebody. He wasn't interested in a career, and he was. I don't want anyone to know who this person was,、yeah. so I have to be careful with this. But well, he was a bartender at the time. He was a bartender, model, actor. And I was just getting into my career. Was, I've always been passionate. I've always wanted to be successful. I didn't know what exactly I wanted to do. First, it was the, the music business, like I said.、But、once I discovered journalism and TV, it was all about that. But he was more of a sort of a laid-back person, like I'm cool bartending. He did have these dreams of like being an actor and you know getting further as a, a model and that sort of thing. 
But, and I used to try to push him and I would actually sit down with him and say, hey, you know, I, I introduced him to a director once, a big director. Um, and I'd also sit down with him and say, and he was much older than me too, but he was like eight years older than me. But I'd say, okay, today I think, you know, meet with your agent, talk to the photographer. Mm. You want to make sure you get those new pictures. Um, acting class, you know, you're going to look into taking those. And I would really sit down and try to motivate him because he was somebody, he was the most charismatic person, one of the most charismatic people I've ever met in life he could get anything with like no experience because people just loved him men and women just loved him mm. but I realized at a certain point he just doesn't have that drive like I do and I remember coming home from I just started working in the industry I was I'd become a producer actually early days and there was something that happened at work and I was really upset about it and I just had it you know it was just on my brain I came home and I was affected by it and I was talking to him about it and he said why are you so upset about work? He said, I understand if you're upset about me and our relationship, <laughs> but why would you be this upset about work? And that was like an epiphany. That was just like a moment where I realized he just doesn't get it. He's just not passionate about what he does. And that's okay. I'm not saying it's not okay. Some people aren't. It's fine. You know, you make money, you get by, you live your life. He's got a family now, you know. Some people are okay with that. Just because I've had these wild dreams, it doesn't mean everybody has to have those dreams. Mm. And it doesn't mean I'm better than that person. It just means I've taken a different path and we weren't right for each other. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I think you handled that part of the discussion very well. We're going to move on from that now. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, let me take one from these. Yeah, yeah, please. Um, I, want to, I want to come back to the Brit in the States bit. Yeah. I've got a, a, selfishly, I've got a question for you that I'd like your advice from for yeah, me. Yeah, sure. Um, but yeah, let's take um, do the shout out as well. Okay, so this is from Camilla. Camilla, Camilla Shalek. Hi, Camilla. <laughs> do you feel that you are able to stay yourself throughout your career being in traditional media, do you not have to become polished and behave how everyone may expect you to behave to maintain your <laughs> credibility? Well, that's interesting. So it's going to be a little bit about the Brit in America and um, answering your question as well, Camilla. So when I first got into the industry or started getting to, into the industry, I was a producer first and I had these dreams of being on camera. Uh, this was after the public access show in terms of the journalism. I was a producer first. And I remember talking to this big time executive and big time exec at a network. And he said to me, oh, so you want to be on TV? You want to work on camera? And I said, yes, dream I have. He said, well, your English accent's a distraction. And that was like the end of the story. And then he changed the subject. And I was like devastated, right? Because I'm like this young woman, really young woman getting into the industry. Um, and my agent, I brought on an agent who was also saying to me, you know, maybe you should like lose the English accent. Maybe you should learn to speak with an American accent. <laughs> and, you know, I had to think to myself, well, is that really being the authentic me? I mean, that's fake, right? If I go on air and I'm reporting for this station or that station or whatever show, and now I've suddenly got an American accent, that's not really real. And I was, you know, just trying to figure out, but if I'm English, am I ever going to make it? And I remember going to see Sting perform, right, a couple of weeks after that exec said that to me. This, this the whole story is really cool. So I went to see Sting perform and he performed English Man New York. Mm. And one of his lines is, be yourself no matter what they say. Yes. Be yourself no matter what song. they say. I said, I'm going to be myself no matter what they say. Screw him. <laughs> Screw what he said. So I'm like, I'm going to go with the English accent. I'm just going to be me and just go with it. Um, now, Camilla, just answering what you were saying in terms of being polished, 
yes, I probably had to polish things up a little bit and that's okay. You're still you. It's just a more polished version of you. Mm. Um, you know, you have to learn how to project because, you know, when you're on TV, when you're in front of the camera, I'm sure that's something you've worked yes. on as well. You watch yourself back, right? And you, that's the best way to get better at what you do. It's not what other people are saying to you. They can point things out, but you might not really get what they're saying. Yeah. You watch it yourself and then you're like, oh God, no, no, my voice got a little high pitched there. Like I need <laughs> yeah. to watch that and like bring that down. So, you know, yeah, certain voices are just, I think we're sort of in a day and age where anything kind of goes, but there was a time where it's like, oh, if you have that kind of voice, like it's not going to work. If your voice is too high pitched as a woman, you know, that's not going to work. So, you know, I've certainly watched out for that and refined myself, yeah. you know, uh, by watching myself. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so there's a little bit more to that story, right? Yeah. It's so cool. So, so, uh, the same guy that had said that to me a couple of years later, I ended up working for his network, but he hadn't hired me. Somebody else had hired me. I'd actually worked for the network as a producer, but they hired me back on air as part of like the new news team. Um, and, uh, it was BET and I was getting like, I start to get a lot of attention and Jay-Z was being interviewed on one show. And then he ended up uh, doing a couple of interviews after the show sort of backstage. And I was in that backstage area. I wasn't doing the interview. It was for some other shows. I was just waiting for a friend of mine who was working on it. So Jay-Z's in the room, all the execs are there, head the network, everyone's there. And he does one interview. I'm sitting in the corner and he gets up and he's walking across the room, walking past the execs. They're like, where's Jay-Z going? Where's Jay-Z going? Jay-Z comes over to me and he introduced himself. He was like, you know, I'm Jay or whatever. He was like, I just want to say, I love your accent. Like every <laughs> single time I see you on the TV. And he was like, he called his assistant over. He was like, tell her how much I love her accent. The same guy was there who said my English accent was a distraction. Mm. So after that happened, he was like, oh my God, like Jay-Z said that to you. I bet you want to scream, right? I was like, hey, he likes the English accent. Look at that. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. So that was, you know, that, that was like one of my best moments. Mm, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, so, so yes, you, you can polish up. Yes, you can work on being the best version of yourself on TV, but really it is still yourself and being true to who you are. If you become a completely, and especially if you're doing this type of thing, the type of stuff you're doing, the type of stuff that I do, it's really about who you are, right? Yeah. It's not acting. If you're yeah. acting, that's different. You're going to be somebody else. Yeah. Um, but if you're putting yourself out there as a presenter, then uh, um, yeah, you it's you. Mm. Be I the best version of you, but it's still you. Yeah, and I, yeah. I think that's a good distinction. Be the best version of you, but be yourself. Yeah. So skills and techniques which make you better on camera yeah so for example you project really well you know, your your volume is great we wouldn't yeah. even need this microphone yeah. we have, I've, I've interviewed billionaires and hyper successful people yeah. who just talk really quietly yeah. you can't even really hear them on the live so yeah. voice projection maybe getting animated yeah, exactly. some speaking techniques maybe yeah, yeah. definitely improve the skills not but, too much of the ums and ahs. Exactly. And you, you yeah, that's work really that. distracting. Yeah. And people don't realise, and again, that's something, I've done it before, yeah. trust me. I've done interviews where there were a lot of ums and ahs and didn't even realise. And then I look back at the interview, I'm like, oh my yeah. God, I hope they cut out those ums and ahs, which they didn't. And mm. I'm like, 
Uh, and I don't think anyone noticed, but I noticed. And so you want to work on things like that. I well. completely agree. There's something yeah. when they speak, they go, duh, uh, 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 and yeah. then they speak, and then, rah, 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 and then yeah. there's like this repe- repetition at the start. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're distractions which take you away yeah, from the message. Yeah, exactly. But exactly. I mean, I know Camilla really well. She's one of my clients. She's oh, a mentee. Nice. She's Polish and she's got a slight um, accent, okay, which okay. I think makes her really individual. Because yeah, there's, yeah. no, there's no one else in what she does. Yeah. She, she, um, she, she has this big bed head. Yeah. Um, and she often doesn't like straighten it or whatever, yeah. and people like that. Yeah. Um, she, yeah, that's great. She like she'll cry on the camera loud. She won't yeah. intend to, yeah, yeah, but she'll yeah. get emotional. And I just think that's who she is, yeah. and she should bring that. Yeah. And like you said, some certain techniques which are distractions. Yes. But I think dress who you want, how you want, be yeah. who you want. I think it's also about the media you're in. Yeah. And if you're on BBC, you yeah. probably have to be a certain yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. If you're doing your own lives and your own podcast. Yeah. Exactly. No, you're absolutely right. Like on BBC, uh, you know, I worked for BBC America. I used to work for BBC World News America, which Ooh. is, and it was interesting because when I had just come from BET and I started working for BBC World News America, which was great. And, you know, stark contrast, BBC is an entertainment network, although we did news. And this is like, you know, your hardcore news. And I think a lot of people at the BBC were like, oh God, <laughs> we've seen what this girl has done. What is this going to turn out like? Because, you know, there were certainly comments like, oh, and Sharon, this is a news show you're working for now. So be careful with the dress. But what I would do there <laughs> is, you know, incorporate still a bit of me. Like I'm never going to be, you know, your stuffy, super stuffy journalist unless I'm going to meet the Royals or something. Um, but I, I, I'll probably throw on the jeans with a nice shirt and a blazer. So the mm. jeans are still me. Yeah. Um, the shirt and the blazer, are, you know, just a bit more, you know, in line with what the mm. BBC needed. So I think as long as you can still be, as long as you're not completely somebody different and you're still you, but fitting into what they need you to be to a certain extent, yeah. then, um, then yeah, go with that. Great. Yeah. Thank you. Camilla said, um, great answer, thank you, really enjoyed this. Oh. I'm glad Camilla asked that question. Yeah, she, she often worries about putting her true self out there and being judged. Yeah. Ironically, she does it and that gets the best response when Definitely. she does it. When she has an emotional video, yeah. it's viral, yeah. basically. Ooh. Sharon, we were just talking about being a Brit in America. Yeah. Now here, every time I do uh, podcast interviews, collaborations, I like to slip a selfish question in because I like to get the coaching myself. Okay. I mean, I've got the best seat. That's you think fair. About it. Why not? Yeah. So um, I'm doing all right in the UK. I have a pretty good brand in the UK. Yeah. Um, my books sell well in the UK. Mm. But in America, I- I'm not really well known. Mm. Um, I'm a Brit. Yeah. You're a Brit. Yeah. So how do you become a successful Brit in America? Mm. I think that's a that's a tough question to answer. A lot of people have actually asked me that, and different presenters from over here have actually reached out to me and uh, and asked me about that. I think being there is a big part of it, right? Just being in the mix and immersing yourself in the mix. But I think you know what's great. You have your you're big on uh, Facebook and Instagram, and obviously with social media. Uh, people from all over the world yeah. can, you know, see what you're doing. You're using hashtags and those sorts of things to, mm. you know, spread your message. But I think going out there and being out there, um, yeah, in, in terms of mm. sort of direct advice to you, maybe holding some sort of talk or something, a presentation, and yeah. getting involved with different companies mm-hmm. out there, I think can help. I think that we have the advantage of most Americans, I'll go out there and say most Americans like the English accent. Mm-hmm. So that's working in our favor. In terms of what I do, what's been tricky at times is there have been networks that have hired me or have thought about hiring me 
So they're like, oh, are our viewers in the Midwest going to understand you? Are they going to get you? Are our viewers in the South going to get you? And I've had that before. And even in New York, working for a local station uh, at one point, they were even worried, are the local New Yorkers going to be able to relate to you? Mm. And when they give me a chance, they see that, yeah, they do. I might be different, but they like that difference. And yeah. I think it's just being super persistent, trying again and again and again, you know, dealing with rejection. It's finding success mm. anywhere, really. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I think we've got that one thing going for us, which, and they, Amer Americans tend to think that we're very smart because of our accents too. Yeah. So that, that works in our favor. Uh, but getting out there, you know, mm. going over there, spending time out there. I was lucky enough to go to university in America. Uh, and while I was there, you know, really got the feel of New York and got to network and got to know people. And that's a big part of it as well, just getting to know people out there. And then they can say, hey, you know, why don't we get together? Or you can say to them, why don't we get together and work on this? Mm. Yeah, we'll do that. I mean, yeah. we, we play, we're going to get a uh, Winnebago thing and go and do a podcast tour. <laughs> yeah. So we're all just going to rough it and no, drive that's around. that's what you guys should do. Yeah. You know, get some American um, talent. Mm. On, and we've on had loads show. of great American yeah, guests, yeah. but only, oh, when yeah. Been, yeah, only when they've been here, though. Oh, um, no, go over there. Do Yeah, go over there for like two weeks. Yeah, go I, to New York, go to LA. Yeah. And, you know, set up all your interviews, knock them out yeah. back to back. And, yeah, getting those American Yeah, we'll do that. Um, Okay. Yeah, interviews would, yeah. will definitely help. Okay, cool. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so earlier before the cameras went on, yeah. um, you talked about you have had some attacks on social media. Yeah. I know in, earlier in the interview we did talk a bit about dealing with hate, hate etc. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people are scared to put themselves out on social media because yeah. they're worried about getting criticised, trolled, etc. Yeah. Um, so how do you deal with building your brand and putting yourself out there yeah. and sort of water off a duck's back about getting yeah. attacked on social well, it has to be that way. And, and it's not just social. I mean, even doing uh, HQ Trivia when we first started, especially it's HQ Trivia, in case some of you guys don't know, you know, it's a show, quiz show that went viral last year, uh, became huge. We've had as many as 2.5 million live players at the same time. And there's a live chat. So that was the most nerve wracking mm. part of doing this show. There's a live chat where people are commenting on you and everything you're saying and everything you're doing um, right there live. And I think that I've made mistakes. You know, you have wardrobe malfunctions. You have, there was one time I drank uh, a mango lassie, you know that drink? Mm. Yeah, I had a, a mango lassie to quench my thirst, like right before going live. My tongue was yellow. Everyone's calling me yellow tongue in the chat. I'm like, what's going on? Yellow tongue, what's this about? You know, so you sort of have to get to a place where you don't care. Um, and for me... Are you there yet then? Where you just yeah, don't care? You I, are. You get to a place where you don't... Yeah, but I, and I think you have to. I think that as you progress in your career and you go from... I mean, I was someone who was really shy growing up. I mean, I was just so shy I, I used to be bullied in school as well like growing up in Watford it, it was very racist as well um, at that time and you know I was super shy and I was scared to talk in class and even when I knew the answers I wouldn't put my hand up or if we were we had reading class and they wanted me to read from the reading book I was like deathly afraid to you know read in front of everyone and so, you know, one of the things that I'm proud of in terms of what I've accomplished is being able to get out of that and being able to put myself in front of millions of people and live. Um, because had I thought that I would ever be in this position back then, I never mm. even dreamed that I'd be able to get to that point. But yeah, I mean, Let's I think die. that 
sort of building up confidence. What helped me build up confidence is being good at different things, right? So what I focused on when I was in school was, okay, I'm good at math. So I'm good or math, we say in America, if yeah. any Americans are watching. Um, you know, I'm going to focus on that skill. Oh, I'm good at writing. I'm going to focus on that skill. I'm good at drawing. I'm going to focus on that skill and focus on those things. That, and you start to gain confidence, right? And it's always been really important to me to excel at things, um, excel at everything that I do, produce good quality work, no matter what it is, even when it was schoolwork. And now, you know, if I'm working on a story, I want it to be the best it can be. I was looking at your Instagram and you were talking about uh, perfectionism mm. and how that's not necessarily a good thing. I do call myself a perfectionist, but right. I get that there's a certain point where you just have to get it done, yeah. right? You might not have any more time to edit this piece together or you might not have any more time to prepare. You just have to do it. But I get it as perfect as it possibly can be. And you do um, that so that you back your work and you can put you it back out there. Your work, exactly. Yeah. And I, I think all of that builds up confidence. And the more confident you are in here, the more it is going to be water for ducks back when people attack you. Mm. I mean, listen, there are times when people might have a, a point about things, yeah. right? Um, yeah, I think people get criticism but, and, and hate mixed up. Yeah, they do they? because yeah. there's constructive criticism, yeah. and then there are people just hating on you. And I think that okay, if you read something, just don't take it too much to heart. You can take it in a constructive way, take it in the best possible way, um, but look back on your own work and make sure that you're happy with where you're going. Does it meet the level, you know, your own expectations? What can mm. you do to make it better? And, you know, I think we all grow and, you know, it's all a, um, it's all a process at the end of the day. We just get better and better and better. I'm sure, you know, five years from now, I'm going to be much better than I was, you know, than I am now. But, mm. but yeah, I mean, after getting so many different comments, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely helped me get a tough skin. I do have a tough skin. People can pretty much say anything to me. Sometimes I'm annoyed and I'm like, oh, I want to respond. But then I'm like, no, I'm just going to ignore you. What well, does it really matter? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Not everybody is going to like you. That's just how it is. And you're okay with that, are you? Yeah, yeah. you have to be okay with it. Mm. And also just, I was talking about being shy and now I'll get up and, you know, I'm on live TV or I'm in front of a big crowd and... You have to not care. You have to, one of the things is the difference between America and England, one of the biggest differences is you, in America, it's okay to say, I'm the shit. I'm good at what I do. Like I'm a kick-ass presenter. I'm a kick-ass producer, whatever it is. You can't really go around saying that in the UK, but I like the fact you can say that in America because you sort of have to have that mentality to be able to get up in front of millions mm. of people and know that some of them aren't going to like you because if you don't feel like that and one person says something and you're going to crumble. Yeah. Um, so I think it's okay. And in America, you really have to be able to sell yourself. And that's something I learned the art of selling myself because in the UK, you go into a meeting with a network or you know, a producer, and you talk about, yeah, I've done this, I have Susan 2 of Empire, like 23 million people watching. They're going to be like, they're going to be put off by that. You you can't really say that, so you have to take a different approach. But right. I think it, but then there's also, it begs the question, well, how is anyone going to know what you've done if you don't talk about yes, it? Yes, right? I think about this a lot, yeah. <laughs> Right, but in America, you can go in there. Oftentimes, they hire the person who might not even be the most qualified, but it's just the way they're coming in there and the way they're presenting themselves and the way they're talking about themselves and that co confidence. Mm. 
Um, and so that's why they give you a chance. That's why they end up hiring you. Yeah. A lot of the time before I go, and, and I try to find an in-between. I don't want to come across as too cocky or anything. And I'm not. But you've got to be confident about what you're doing. But you've also got to be realistic. I mean, I can look back on stuff and say, like, I'm my own worst critic. Like, when I'm putting together a piece, for example, I might be in the edit bay with somebody. And I get to the point where I'm like, this is just shit. This is crap. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. And then we might come in the next day and we're working on it some more. And I'm like, this is amazing. Like now we're at that point where I feel like it's really good. And I'm okay because I can look, I can sort of step away from it and almost look at it as an outsider. And I can say when it's crap and I can say when I think it's really good as I can when, with my own performance, like, I look good, even if it's just, you know, the, the superficial, like the way I look. I can say, I look awful in that shot. I look awful. And people are like, oh, no, don't be so hard on yourself. Mm. But then I can also say, I look amazing. Your I look your great. Your lipstick looks great, by the uh, way. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for checking that. Yeah. yeah, I can also say, yeah, I, I like the way I look there. And that doesn't mean I'm cocky. It just means I'm stepping back and yeah. I'm saying, but I might say it to, it might be a cast member on one of my shows. I'm not going to say it in the same way to them, yeah. but I might think it, oh, no, I don't like the way that, oh, yeah, she looks She looks great. She looks amazing. Now we're ready. Yeah. You know, and I do the same thing to myself. So it's like being objective. Yes. Yeah, I actually think people should be truthful to themselves about what they're good at. Yeah. Um, because a lot of Brits underplay what we're good at. Yeah. And sometimes Americans, if we're just doing the cultural difference, yeah. overplay what they're yeah. good at. But then also be honest about our weaknesses. Yeah, exactly. So that, that objectivity to take yourself out and yeah. go, yeah, actually, that was really good. Yeah, well done. Yep. That wasn't. Yeah. That's probably self-awareness, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it is, it is. And, and it's it hard when society is yes. in our ears all the time, telling us how we should and shouldn't be, yeah. and everyone judging us all the time. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it certainly is, it certainly is. But I think... You, you just have to be confident in your own skills. And if you're not, work on yourself to the point where you are more confident about sure. your own skills. You know, and then someone might say something, oh, you suck, that interview sucked. No, it didn't. And I know it didn't. Yeah. It was good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I like the way you did that. You yeah. even put your chin yeah, up a yeah. little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then there might be times where you're like, yeah, I probably should have asked that question. Mm. Yeah, they were right. Mm. But don't be too hard on yourself because there's the next show and the next show and the next show. Yeah. You know, just do the best that you can. And preparation to me is key. Some people feel that there's such thing as over preparation. I don't think for me, there's no such thing as over preparation. That's interesting. Like, I, I yeah. was going to test a concept with this. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I was going to come here with no questions. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And we've actually got a load of questions now. Yeah, yeah. Because we always do loads of research. Yeah. And try just to go way deeper than just Wikipedia or yeah. whatever. Because we don't want to, we ideally not want to ask the same questions. Because yeah. all the team are involved. Well, I was impressed by the quote you found. Because I don't even know where that, that was from. But I, that's something I would say. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. Because we, when I think when you're talking about relationships, yeah. you should be accurate. Yeah. You know, because it's easy to judge. Yeah. But yeah, I was going to, I've had a couple of interviews where I've purposefully not Mm. researched because yeah. I figure it might make it more natural yeah that can make it that can certainly make it interesting but if you don't research you might miss out on you like might. there might be some breaking news that just happened yes. with that person and you're the first person to sit down with them and that's the answer everyone they everyone yeah. wants the answer to that question and you completely missed yeah. it breaking news Sharon Carpenter is now single yeah. that's <laughs> breaking news you heard it <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point and yeah. someone also said to me 
that you, that could also be deemed as maybe a bit disrespectful to the guest. If you do. If you do no research. Yeah, it, it can. And I've seen people get offended, not because of me. I There was an interview, I don't even know if I should say with, or I'll say who it yeah, was with. Should. It was a very controversial figure now, Bill Cosby. Mm -hmm. And uh, to be honest, when I met him, I didn't get a good vibe from him anyway. <clears throat> we all know the story now and where he is now, but... I did my research. I did thorough, thorough, thorough research before I interviewed him and he was happy with the interview. Uh, and he did another interview with some other people and he just felt like they don't know anything about me. They don't know anything about my book. Like mm. don't air that interview. Right. Um, and I think they ended up not airing that interview. They had this mm. interview, but yeah, people can get offended. Yeah. That, yeah. that fascinates me because I'm always trying to make sure this show is fresh. We disrupt yeah. it. We bring in different questions. There's a lot of people who've done a lot of interviews. Yeah. And so when people go on my YouTube channel and podcast and say, Hey Rob, um, so I'm quite good friends now with Grant Cardone. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people on his most recent interview with me said, I've never heard Grant be interviewed like that. Yeah. And that makes me feel really yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, but if yeah. I do the same research that yeah. everyone else is doing, I'm going to ask the same question. Well, not necessarily, because I think that what you did, you did a bit of research into me, right? Mm. And then quite you're, a, we did quite a lot, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. And then you're just, so it's nice to know that you know these things, right? Yeah. You, you impress people with, oh, here's this quote, I found yeah. this. Like, oh, wow. Well, we didn't do it um, to impress you. Yeah, no, <laughs> I know, I know, but it's still impressive, yeah. yeah. Um, but then you're also going with the flow, mm. right? And you're asking questions that are just popping in your head. When I do an interview, I do do thorough research and I do have my questions that I know I want to hit, mm. but then, and I'll have them over there, like you've got yeah. yours over there, but then I'll just have it like a mm. conversation as well, because you never know where that's going to lead. But then I'll, you know, I might check to make sure, oh yeah, I needed to ask that one. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, but I think doing an interview like a conversation is the best way to mm. do an interview. You actually listen to what the person is saying to you. Yes. You know, and it's mm. back and forth. Mm. Yeah. yeah, because in the past when I wasn't that experienced, yeah. I'd always be itching for my next question, yeah, worrying yeah, about yeah, that yeah, pregnant yeah. pause. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm looking over here. I try, <laughs> Which is natural, yeah. yeah that that try, happens, yeah. When you look away, you lose a bit of connection, you don't do, you? You do, and guess. it's so funny yeah. you say that. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. And so... You know, sometimes when I'm doing an interview for, you know, there are different ways, different shows have different approaches. So a lot of the time I have my own questions, but sometimes there are producers who are like, these are the questions we really want you right. to ask and really want you to stick to. But I want those questions in advance so they're in here, right? So I don't have to look away because when you do look away, like you said, mm -hmm. it does break the connection. Yeah. So yeah, no, you, yeah, we both think alike. Right, cool. So let's <laughs> yeah. turn the tables on me then. Okay. I'd like some interview tips from you. Okay, because, okay. Um, set the scene real quick. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd already done about 1,300 public speeches before I did my podcast. Oh, wow. So um, I got a bit cocky. I okay. didn't mean to, but okay. I thought I'm okay. an experienced speaker. Yeah. I can do this interview yeah. stuff easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I realized very quickly, actually <laughs> it was a hindrance. Yeah. Because I'm used to speaking. Yeah. Well, when you're an interviewer, you're yeah. actually not doing much speaking. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, for the yeah, first true. few, there was probably a bit of, maybe I was speaking too much. Yeah. I, I didn't feel that comfortable. Yeah. I had a couple of interviews with really big names and I, yeah. at the end I thought, oh fuck, I was talking over them. Yeah. I wasn't very good. Yeah. And I've like, I just rolled with it, but I've learned so much being an in yeah, interviewer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so give me some tips. How would you rate me out of 10 being an interviewer? Oh, I think you're great. Thanks I mean, I would it. give you a 10. Wow, a 10. Right, let's cut this. No more yeah. episodes. I have <laughs> this is it. You made it. I have peace. No, okay. I think you're great. I mean, you're really personable. You're 
you're not talking too much. Like you said, you were, there are times, and I've been there as well. There have been times I'm like, oh, did I talk too much? And I think it depends on what you're, what you're doing it for. What kind of interview is this? Is this a, a news interview? This is your podcast. You want to put your own personality, your own experiences in there. And I think that makes the other person feel more comfortable too, mm. because otherwise it can be a bit of a, an interrogation, but sometimes you have to take that kind of interrogation approach anyway. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, you're, you're, you make, you've made me feel very comfortable. And I think Thank that's you. a big part of it mm. as well. Like what I like to do is, and sometimes you don't have the chance, but like what I like to do is, get to know the person mm. a little bit before you start the interview, right? Have a yeah. little chat with them, maybe have a little bit of a laugh. Again, if it's more a more serious news interview, then you might not have a laugh with them. It depends mm. how serious the, the interview is. But, you know, get a feel for them. And there are going to be some interviews where you walk away and you're like, that was a bit awkward. There are, and there are going to be some... That scares me. I'm softy, that scares yeah, me. Yeah, no, it shouldn't scare you because just like when you meet anyone for the first time right or you maybe it's a friend of yours but that friend you have a bit of an awkward interaction with that friend mm. something you'd love the friend you know that, that's your good friend but sometimes it's a bit that's awkward so the way scary. the conversation goes that's so scary right yeah. yeah i don't think it's i think it's just real life because there are certain people you're going to vibe with like you're just going to vibe with mm. really automatically and there are other people who you know, you might have a famous name who comes on. I think we talked about this earlier, but that famous name might just be shy or might be a bit uncomfortable yeah. or might be giving you one word answer. So you do everything you can to get them to open up more. Mm. It's not always going to work, is it? Mm. Um, you get them to feel as comfortable as possible. But some people are just, you know, when the cameras are there, they're just not themselves. They mm. just don't feel comfortable. And some people just have quiet and reserved personality. So how you know, how well are you going to vibe with them? Maybe you'll vibe with them well as well. But I think, you know, every interview is going to be different. You're going to walk away feeling different. And I'm sure you have walked away feeling different it's, every time you do one. It's been an amazing experience. Yeah. Like, I mean, I have other companies and do other things yeah. and that, that funds this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I, I'd just do this for a living yeah. if that was a no, thing. It's great. Well, you're so good at it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So <laughs> some, some top tips then for people listening. because Top tips for interviews? Yeah, because okay. I think a lot of my followers... They like being in the journey. Yeah. So not just hearing the interview, yeah. but kind of behind the scenes. Yeah. They like it when I mess up. They like yeah. it when I say stupid stuff yeah, and make yeah, mistakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing as well. Yeah, so just touching on that. So again, depending on what kind of stuff you do, right, what you're doing and what kind of interview it is and what kind of platform it is, some you want to be really polished some you can get away with. People like mistakes, mm. right? And especially with live, right? The beauty of live is anything can happen. Secrets can be revealed, right? Yeah. <laughs> Unexpectedly. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but they like that sort of, oh, I was let into something I wasn't supposed to see. People like that. They, that's the beauty of live. And, and I remember going on, when I first got on HQ, and I used to be so worried about like everything has to be so polished because mm. all I've done was television, right? It was lots and lots of TV, very polished stuff and, you know, new stuff, um, entertainment stuff as well, but still highly polished. Uh, and, you know, I was worried about making a mistake. It's live. There are all these people watching. But then after, you know, yellow tongue and all these things <laughs> that happened, at a certain point, you're like, I don't care. And you know what? I'm going to go with it. Mm. There was one time... I, uh, and I was broadcasting out of the UK for the UK, uh, one episode, I had lipstick like smeared across my oh, teeth no. and 
the producer's trying to signal to me, like, lips to lipstick. I'm like, huh? You know, when there was a second for me to sort of look away, and I realized, I was like, all right, guy, yeah, I've got lipstick smeared across my mouth, and what? You know, stop making fun of me, and I made a joke about it. And it's like, they love that, mm. you know? Um, things are, there is such thing as too perfect, right? And again, it, it can depend on the medium as well. Like, if it's a news interview for the BBC, it's not going to go down quite as well if someone's got lipstick smeared across their teeth, right? Mm. But if it happens on HQ Trivia, it's fine and it's funny. And I also learned something from a couple of the guys I worked with on HQ because I feel like some of us girls have been like, oh, we've got to be so perfect. And then, you know, you'll have the guys on there, a couple of guys, Scott, who was like the main host for the um, US initially and the Matt. Um, you know, these guys will go, they'll have a coughing fit, like live on camera and not care. And even, you know, Wendy Williams, and I work with Wendy Williams on the Wendy Williams show a lot. I go on there a lot. Uh, and Wendy will be there and she'll ask a question. Then suddenly like this belch comes out. She'll start that. Like I would, I would have been horrified normally if that happened, but it, people love Wendy because of these, because she's not perfect, yeah. you know, uh, and she's really personable and relatable. And I think different people, not everyone can get away with doing that. So mm. I'm not going to say that, okay, I'm all right, like belching on camera now or anything like that. But it's all right for some people. It's okay to not be perfect. And you know what? If I'm hosting a live show, if it's a new show, again, it's a bit different. If it's a bit more of a serious show. Um, but if it's HQ and I happen to have a coughing fit, I've, I've had a coughing fit. And I'm going to drink some water, guys. Bear with me, you know, and it's fine. I'm yeah. human. Mm. Mm. So... The thing for me that is the most scary in an interview mm. is the moment where I had the question and then you finished and yeah. then the question goes and I get this. Oh, you forget the question. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I get this massive emotional, like, flooding <laughs> in my whole body. Uh, it, I, it's only, it's, it happened with Dorian Yates a couple of times. I interviewed Dorian Yates as Mr. Olympia like seven it, yeah. times. And so what happened was when I had a question in my head, I was like, I can't lose this. And I was talking over him a bit. Mm. And one thing I hate myself for if yeah. I do it is when I talk over the guest. Yeah. I like that for me is like, don't do that, Rob. But I know it's because I'm either trying to capture a yeah. good moment yeah. or I just, oh, I don't want to lose this. Yeah. Um, so how do you know when to jump in and interrupt someone? And how do you know when well, to wait and have that? Because I think... It, yeah, yeah, because and that can be hard. And I think that all comes with... You just have to... There's no sort of one rule to that. You sort of have to judge by what's happening there and then. I've been in tricky situations. This could be really tricky, right? I remember I was interviewing some guys from a show on the red carpet and then Jay-Z walks in and I was like first in line, like on the carpet. We were the first ones. And Jay-Z's there, Jay-Z never does interviews, but he's there like ready to do an interview. And these guys are here and they're in the middle of telling me this long in-depth story. And I had to say to them, you know, as rude as it was, I had to say to them, guys, it's Jay-Z. I'm sorry, we've got to cut this short. And they laughed and they were like, we get it, it's mm. Jay-Z. Uh, and, you know, Someone like, gonna, someone's gonna do that to me, aren't yeah. they? Sorry, Rob, cut it short. Yeah, and, and Sharon Combs is, is over there. Well, people <laughs> have done it to me. Like I've walked the red carpet before and they're like, oh, Sharon, you know, and they might do an interview with me, but then some real star comes along and it's like, I, I have to know my plays. I can't get offended by that. Yeah, it's Nicki Minaj or it's mm. whoever. Yeah. Um, like I've got to go on my way, mm. but thanks for talking to me. So <laughs> you, you can't get, but the same with these stars, you know, you can have whichever star coming along, they're really well known, but then 
a megastar comes along and the same thing's going to happen to that star. You may have this megastar, but now that megastar's come along and there's been some breaking news about them and everyone wants that interview. Now you've got to hurry that person along. So yeah. it does, there are awkward moments and you just have to face that. There are, mm. But I would say, yeah, I mean, I've been in that position where the person's sort of finishing up what they're saying and you're and you sort of go blank for yes. a second. Oh, right? that's my that's my scariest moment. But but yeah. there are two things you can do there. Either just ask them another sort of in-between question, right? So they can continue or elaborate more on what they were just saying. And in that time, sort of take a quick peek and look down or it will probably come back to you anyway once the yeah. pressure's off or just you know quickly look at your notes and all right you, we don't like we were talking about we don't like to break eye contact but every so often you have to do it and people do it all the time anyway mm. there are a lot of people that look down at their cars and look yeah. down at their notes and it's not like it's not expected like don't ever feel like oh my god like it's the worst thing in the world if i look down yeah, like, yeah. so um that's such a good just, advice for me because I am worried about yeah, no, like, no, no. that died. I don't need gonna, it. But, yeah, yeah, no, no. You're not going... I don't think anyone expects you to do everything from up here. Yeah. It's fine to, you know, people people often... And even people in interviews might have their notes, you know, especially if they talk about, like, statistics and things like that, that they really want to make sure they don't go wrong. And they may say, oh, I'm just going to take a quick look at these notes. I mean, you see reporters sometimes, like, live on whatever, CNN, and sometimes they've got to look down at their notes as well. Mm. So there's, yeah, we're human. Mm. You just have to remember you're human, and I think it's just making the best out of any situation and... Sometimes it's going to be perfect and sometimes you're going to walk away and you're going to be like, yes, that was the best interview ever. And then other times you're going to be like, oh, that was a little awkward or maybe I shouldn't have asked that like that. But on to the, you learn from it and yeah. on to the next. All right. Yeah. Cool. So we do like a quick fire round. Okay. Um, so are you ready? No, but no? go ahead. Okay. Well, actually, what we normally do, well, okay. I say normally... About five or six episodes we've been trialing this, doing yeah. a cheeky round. Okay. Where we've been asked oh. some cheeky questions. Okay. But I actually wimped out of doing that with you. Did you? I don't even know why. Why? I don't know. Ask I... me a cheeky question. All right, then. If you're... What advice would you give to a man trying to date you? Uh, ooh, that's a really good one. That's a really good one. <laughs> just came up with that. Now. I would say just really... <laughs> That's hard because I'm a hard person to. Really, I'm a hard. I'm not a hard person to. Di I'm just. I'm weird. Like someone could check all the boxes and I still might not. It's it's that thing. It's that intangible. Is that the word? That intangible thing, like that je ne sais quoi. That I don't know what you know. That really makes me like somebody usually. But I would say just be a real gentleman. Just be a gentleman. Um, just be considerate and thoughtful. Listening is always important, but most, most people do. I don't think I, I necessarily need to tell people that, but you know, someone fun and, you know, let's have a fun conversation and, um, just a gentleman. I like, you know, I'm, I'm a traditional woman in that sense. I like a man to be a gentleman. Mm. Yeah. Okay, cool. You guys got any ideas for cheeky questions? No. <laughs> have, you, have you ever been like sent really inappropriate photos on social media? We've asked this before, so yeah, yeah. I asked Stephen Bartlett if he'd ever have a yeah. dick pic. Yeah, I've had a dick pic. Have you? Yeah. Is that it was the, from the Kieran. account? <laughs> oh, oh someone say that every time. Wait, did you say have I been sent 
Yeah, yeah have you ever been oh, in decent pictures and proposals on social media? Oh, I've been sent them. Yeah, have you ever been? Yeah. No, not have you ever oh, sent them. Oh, have I been in them? No, have you ever, yeah, have you ever been like... Have I? Has anyone ever sent you an inappropriate photo? Is that the, is that yeah, the that's question you're asking? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, all the time. Oh, yeah. all the time. Can I have some the of them? Yeah. <laughs> well, they're all, yeah, they're all, yeah. I mean, guy, yes. I'm not going to say all the time, actually, because most people are gentlemanly. Most people are gentlemen, right. but every yeah. so often I might get a picture that, what? I remember I was actually standing on the train platform and I had my airdrop on, right, just for everyone, right, because I forgot to turn it off. And suddenly, this picture of this very hairy, um, <laughs> I don't know, what's the nice way, phallic oh d- device? I don't know. Is Penis. <laughs> Penis. Just popped up. And the yeah. thing is, I'm there, there are people behind me and people next to me, so they probably saw it pop up on my phone as well. I'm like, what the? And like quickly, you know, delete, delete, delete. But I don't know who that was from. I don't know what it was. I mean, I know what it was, but I don't know <laughs> where it came from. And I was, yeah, I was in complete shock. And I turned off my airdrop quickly. <laughs> All right, here's one more. Okay. Uh, slightly different. Are you money motivated? Um, to a certain extent, but not as money motivated as some people. So. In terms of this career, yeah, there's a lot of money that can be made in this world, but I didn't get into this thinking about the money at all. And I'm certainly one who believes that if you go with what you're passionate about and you're good at what you do and you, you know, be the best that you can be, then there's money that's just going to come along with that. I think you've got to have that passion there. But, you know, there are certainly things where I'm like... um, okay, this is happening over here and they're gonna, they're willing to pay this much and that's happening over there and they're gonna pay 20 times the amount, then I'm gonna go with the mm. 20 times the amount, for, probably. Yeah. yeah. Would you go on, um, we were talking about this in the car, so would you go on, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here? I've never seen that, but don't they do disgusting yes. things like with spiders on your oh, face? Oh God, no, no. 10 I'd million. Do it. I'd be dead. 10 million. Like I'd literally be dead. Because I have an extreme phobia against... Mm. I hundred million. Let, for a hundred million, a spider, million. a tarantula on my face. Yeah. I, I, I don't think I'd survive. Right. Like, That's I nice. honestly don't. Like, I have arachnophobia. Right. I mean, I would like to think that I no would No spiders, but really freaking big insects and rats and stuff. Rats I could do, yeah. Yeah. For how much? I mean, I live What's in New price? York. I'll do rats for 10,000. No, I'm good. What do I need to do with a rat? I don't know. I, I don't watch it. But, like, don't you go in, like, glass box and they crawl all over yeah, you and stuff? I mean, if they're cute mice, I would do that. I don't think that's how it works. Yes. No. <laughs> no. Oh, can we have some kittens and cute mice? Yes, yeah, little kittens. Yeah, let's do it all day. Um, I mean, there are certain things I would do, but I just, I don't like bugs. I don't no. like... I was watching... Um, there was something with Harry Styles and Kendall Jenner. Did you see it? Uh, it was on, was it, was he filling in for Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel or something, one of the late night talk shows? And uh, they asked each other questions and if they didn't answer, if they didn't want to answer the question, they would have to eat this disgusting food. And they had like bird sperm and they had like all kinds of really disgusting stuff. And I think I just would have answered all the questions because there's no, I would have probably vomited. Mm. Right. But Harry was like, yeah, bird sperm. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Necking. 
Yeah. Okay, um, let's do the quick final. So okay. thanks for doing this cheeky round. It's a bit of a test. I thought okay. that was fun. Yeah, So it was thanks fun. for doing that. Yeah. So what's the best advice you've ever received? The best advice I have ever received, it was actually something that I heard somebody say, and I've always done it, but I've never heard anyone, no one has actually ever said it to me before, and it was Anderson Cooper I heard say this in an interview, and he basically said, uh, work harder than the rest, outwork everybody, because yeah, talent is a certain part of it, but really it's the hard work, is the amount of work you put in, and mm. I'm like that anyway. I am the sort of person, we talked about this earlier, that, yeah, someone might get upset with me. My boyfriend, if I have one, might be upset with me. <laughs> when I used to have yeah, one. When I, yeah. yeah, when I used to have one. Uh, would be upset because I'm not watching the Netflix movie with him. I'm, you know, on my computer or whatever. But I, you know, have to do what you have to do. Yeah, great. What's yeah. the worst advice you've ever received? Learn to speak with an American accent. Yes. Two <laughs> shows. Yeah. But, you know, actually, it would have been sort of good advice, and here's why. Because there have been a couple of times where it would have been good for me to be able to do that. Like, there's a, a sitcom. ABC had some kind of sitcom, and they were uh, casting for a journalist, like a reporter, in a small town, small, small town America. Uh, and they really liked me, but they were like, can you do an American accent? And that would have been okay because that's acting now at this point. It's not about me being me. I'm playing yeah. somebody else. And I was like, yeah, of course I can. They were like, yeah, send us a self-tape then. I did a self-tape. It wasn't even in front of people. It was a self-tape and it still sucked. It was so bad. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So, but that's one occasion where it would have been cool to be on that sitcom. Yeah. But it's I, not the worst thing in the world. <laughs> I, I actually do think that's really good advice. I think it's really yeah. important to say because... Um, in the early days of me speaking, I listened to myself. Yeah. I don't really like the way I speak. I, I'm really? a bit my, well, my, I'm a yeah. bit lazy. You know, I drop certain um, T's at the end of sentences, mm. and maybe not don't pronounce the T's and the C's. Yeah. Maybe it's clear. As I, yeah. I sometimes hear people speak yeah. who speak really well. All yeah. the K's, they don't drop the K's. Um, like, isn't it instead of in it? And, yeah. and I just love the way they speak. People who speak properly. Yeah. And I tried to. And I just yeah. realised that's just that not who I you. am. Yeah, yeah. You really have to be authentically mm. you. And I think that in this day and time, you really can do that more than ever before mm. because there are so many different types of platforms. And I've seen people even make it to TV now with a voice that normally wouldn't have worked for yeah. TV. And, you know, t television is we're getting there at least, it's more diverse than it ever was before. We have all different types of people, shapes and sizes. I think there's more work mm. that can be done there. But um, yeah, I mean, really now it is, and, and audiences like that, because it's like, oh, I can relate to you. Maybe the person who speaks oh, so well, mm. you know, put together and pronouncing every, you know, like, you know, um, just, just too posh. They might not be able to relate to that in the same way, or they might be able to tell. Mm. And I think audiences now more than ever can sort of see through things with reality TV and all that stuff that's been put in front of us. I think people can see when someone's not really being authentic. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So is, is there one thing in the world that you think is really wrong that you are either trying to change or you'd like to change one thing? There's a lot of stuff in the world that's wrong. Um, I think that there's, <clears throat> there's something really interesting obviously going on in the world right now and especially in America with the Me Too movement and we're seeing... Um, you know, a lot going on in, in terms of women's empowerment and, you know, a lot of 
people who have abused their power and and I've experienced things like that. I've have experienced you? sexual oh yeah. Really? Oh yeah. I've experienced sexual harassment in the workplace. I've experienced men trying to use their power and sort of dangle that over you and I've had to walk away from wow. positions. Is that, that all men, a lot of men or some oh, men? It's certainly not all men. No. It's certainly not all men. It's um <laughs> a lot of some, men or some men. Some powerful men I I've experienced, I'm not going to say, a, I've experienced it a lot, but I've experienced way more people who haven't acted like that. Yeah. So I'm not going to say a lot of men because of that. Mm. But I've certainly met, and especially sort of working in the music business and then working in media and, you know, being around a lot of these powerful men. Um, yeah, there was one situation where somebody basically said to me, I was working for him. I'd been working for him for one season of this show very early on in my career. And the show was coming back uh, and I was working for BET as a producer at the time. And he said to me, okay, the show's coming back. We want you on air again, but I will pay you, you know, 50% more than BET is paying you to have you work with us full time as a producer and on air if you agree to one thing. And this was over a dinner. He was like, we have to have this business dinner. And I said, oh, what's the one thing? He said, sex with me once a month. Yeah, he said, I don't care, like, who you're seeing. And I had a boyfriend at the time who I was living with. He said, I don't care who you're seeing or what else you do. I'm not the jealous type. I don't care. It's just that one night a month is mine. So, I, and, you know, I didn't... How did you feel about that? Oh, I felt awful. I felt awful about it. But I wasn't exactly shocked. And I think that probably says a lot, doesn't it? I wasn't exactly shocked because I think a lot of us were sort of at a point where you've been around enough people like that where you think, oh, that's, it comes with the territory. Mm. I'm, how am I going to dodge this? You know, how do I? And it's, at certain times you can't dodge it. It's like, I've got to walk away from it. Mm. I've just got to walk away from that situation. And, you know, there have been other times. There was another guy who's actually sort of been me too. Do you know, he's been... Um, people have put it out there that this is the type of person uh, he is or has been and uh, he was somebody who he wasn't aggressive about it necessarily but he was they were they wanted to hire me for something which would have been really cool to work for uh, and we had this meeting there were a bunch of us and then everyone else leaves and he's like yeah yeah we've got to chat some more and then he starts, you know, rubbing my hands and telling me how soft my hands are and saying, oh, do you miss me? What am I going to cook for you? And, you know, I want you to come over so I can cook and blah, blah, blah. And I had to walk away from that situation. So I've walked away from many situations mm. because of situation, because I've, you know, had powerful guys that have um, put me in those positions before. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Shit. So it's a, I think we're in a good place where they're not getting away with it anymore. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, so um, a lot of podcasts ask this question, mm. and I've reversed it because yeah. I just want to be disruptive. I yeah. want to be different. Well, you are the disruptive entrepreneur. Thank you. <laughs> so people say, "What advice would you give your younger self?" Yeah. And I'm just having a little bit of fun reversing it. Yeah. What advice would you give your 50 year old self? Oh God, I don't know. Uh, I would give my 50 year old self. Uh, hit the gym. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know. What would you give your 50 year old self? Oh, I like what you did there. Yeah, because um, you might jog me, you might give me some ideas. Yeah, oh, I've not, not been asked that. Well, I would probably say, um, 
make sure that you do the things in business that you really want to do, mm. i.e. maybe don't sell yourself out. Yeah. Um, because as an entrepreneur, it's easy to chase the money. Make sure you do the things you love, yeah. uh, which we have done because I started in property and then we got into business and personal development and I've written a lot of books and we do podcasts and now we're doing all these social media features like stars, etc. So I really feel like I'm allowing myself to drift into the areas that excite me. Yeah. And I hope I'm still doing that when I'm 50 and 60 and 70 and 80. Yeah. One. Yeah. I think, I know it's a bit of a cliche, but I really believe this. Only regret the things you did, yeah. not the things you didn't. Yeah. So try stuff. Business is business <laughs> and you have fights and, and stuff like that. That's all yeah. normal. But I'd never like the thought of that I'd really upset and hurt people. Definitely not unnecessarily. Yeah, yeah. So if I'm 50 and 60 and I've not trampled along people to get to where I'm at, I'm going to be a happy guy. So they're my three bits of advice. I think what I would say is, is never too late, Mm. right? I think that's the big piece of advice is never too late. If there's something that you've always really wanted to do, it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. It doesn't matter if someone else is out there saying, oh, you're too old for that. Oh, well, you know, the young ones are coming up now. <laughs> yeah. Like, who cares? No, yeah. go for it. Yeah. Make it happen. And and still, you know, when you're 50, you, your dreams are going to be different to what your dreams are now mm. or, or a continuation of what they are now. And just keep on dreaming and, yeah. you know, up until you're the end. Mm. Amen. There's always stuff you can do. I, I think... And I like the idea of sort of getting to a certain age and then just kind of sitting there and watching TV all day. I think that there's still stuff we can do. Learn a language, uh, travel as much as we can. Obviously, we might not be as mobile Mm. as we used to be, but there's still stuff you can do and to enjoy life and make the, I'd say just make the most out of life, Mm -hmm. um, whatever age you are. Yeah. Yeah. So as someone who's in media, are there any documentaries or series that you think are amazing? Um, Obviously, you don't sit and watch it with your boyfriend. That's really, yeah. You're too busy on your laptop. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you something is I actually don't watch TV much, but I will. And that's one of the things I wanted to change. And the reason I don't watch TV much is because I always feel like I need to be doing something. Mm. Right. So I'm doing my, you know, I just hosted that show over there or, you know, I hosted this gala over here or whatever, or maybe both. And. Um, now I'm coming back and I'm working on this next show that I'm trying to create and I'm writing, writing, writing. So I, I have often felt like watching TV is like, either I feel like it's more work when I want to have some downtime because I'm analyzing everything or I feel like I'm being lazy and I need to do something. I'm hard on myself sometimes Mm. like that, but I have started to, because obviously, you know, I work a lot in pop culture as well. And I do a lot of interviews about this show, that show, a lot of celebrity interviews and stuff too. And uh, so I want to know, I have to stay on top of what's going on. And I do read a lot about it because I read a lot, but I might not necessarily watch it. But now I've started to actually watch some of these, these things. So Stranger Things I love, mm. you know, it's not a documentary, but yeah. it's a TV show yeah. on Netflix, which I love. And I let myself get into that because sometimes I'll watch a show and then I'll like it, but never go back to it. But now that you can binge watch, yeah. you know, you can really watch it in your own time. So um, Stranger Things I love, I can't wait for the, the next season. And The Crown as mm. well, I've started watching because I host a show on the royal family, um, but I've never actually seen The Crown. Yeah. And so we, we're, I'll do interviews about um, season three of The Crown. It's like, okay. I need to watch season three, but I need to watch season one and two as well. And I'm so into it. Mm. Like 
such an amazingly produced show like and the actors are phenomenal Mm. really phenomenal so if you haven't seen the crown watch the crown some of the other shows that people are really into um God, there was, a, well, there was one, I can't remember what it's called, but some of them I don't get into. There have certainly been some that, you know, everyone's talking about on social media and all my friends are talking about, and then I'll check it out and I'm like, nah, yeah. this isn't for me. Sometimes they're overhyped. Yeah, the sometimes problem. they're overhyped. Yeah, you can't need wait. to watch this one, though. An Alexander McQueen documentary. Oh, okay, He's okay, the okay. single best documentary, I think. Really? I've been telling everyone about it. It's so moving. Oh. And the guy was just such... He put so much into 20 years of his life. I mean, he's my favourite fashion designer anyway, so I wear all all, as much of his stuff, but watch that one. And and I think um, Nakash has got your number, so let us know when you've watched it. I promise you, you'll love it. I'll watch it. Is it on Netflix? uh, It's on Apple TV. Okay. It's it's quite hard to watch at times. Yeah. He was a bit of a tortured genius. Yeah. Some dark times. Um, But yeah. You know what I watched recently? I think it was Panorama, and this is, uh, again, because I do this show on the Royal Family, so... You know, I've been sort of going back in the archives and checking stuff out. And I found some upon Panorama this. I was actually looking for the, um, who's the guy that did the Michael Jackson interview documentary? And it was really oh, controversial. Yeah, he did a Diana interview as well. I know who you mean. I but, can't remember his yeah, name. Yeah, I can't think of his name. Yeah. But I was looking for that. He was parodied on, Cr- on Bo Selector, wasn't he? Grant Cardone's watching. He just said, hi, Rob 10X. Hi, Grant 10X. <laughs> <laughs> We were talking about you earlier, Grant. So. We were. <laughs> so, um, so I stumbled upon this, and it was actually Princess Diana, uh, as she was about to get divorced from Prince Charles, and it was an interview that it was actually quite controversial when they put this out. But um, her speech coach, who was an actor and working with her on, you know, bringing up her speeches and perfecting her speeches, he basically sat down with her and was like, oh, um, to get the real Diana out and the sincere Diana, I need to just sit you down. We'll record you. I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions. No one's going to see this. And then just look back on it. And we were talking about, you know, looking mm. back on your own stuff. And uh, that's how you get better. And so she did. And she talked about everything, like her relationship with Charles, like Charles and Camilla and all yeah. kinds of stuff. And that was really intriguing to me. Right. So even some of the stuff that's so not that, the newest stuff. Is that the stuff, new Diana documentary, that one? Because one's no, this just is come all, out. This oh, is okay, all. This is old. Yeah, this came out like years ago, but I never saw it. And a lot of people don't know about this. But just when you get on YouTube and sometimes you start doing searches and you come across these things like from way back that people that might not have gotten the attention. I'm Mm. I'm sure a lot of people know about it, but a lot of people don't. Um, But yeah, might not have gotten the attention back then. And now... um, you know, it, it's really interesting to watch now. Mm. So I say, yeah, there are some great new documentaries, but it's good to go back in the archives mm. too. Okay, cool. Yeah. Two more. Okay. Two more. So um, if there's one person on the planet mm. you would love to watch on this show, it can be mm. anyone for selfish reasons or whatever, who do you think we should reach out and, and interview? Um, who would you love to see interviewed? I, one person I've always wanted to do a real sit down interview with, because I think she's incredible, um, is Madonna, mm. you know, and a lot of people, Madonna, if you, yeah, Madonna, <laughs> if you're around, yeah, she, she is, yeah fascinating, <laughs> only amazing. because, you know, a lot of people, when they think of Madonna, they don't necessarily think about what Madonna did for women and mm. what Madonna did for music, like back in the days. Maybe they don't know, yeah. you know. But Madonna was like really pushing boundaries and like the most famous woman in the world mm. at a certain point. And I think that the fact that she's had so much longevity, it would be 
Yeah, yeah. really interesting to see um, Madonna, Barack Obama. Yeah, I love him. Um, who else? Ali G. I have a fascination with Ali G. We were talking about Sasha. We were talking but like Ali G, not Sasha. Ali. If, if you got Sasha, maybe you could get a bit with Ali, a bit yeah. with Bora. We were talking about that. I don't care about Bora. I just like Ali G. Yeah, I like He's Ali hilarious. He yeah, Bora awesome. was, yeah, some of that stuff was a bit too gross for me. But Ali G is so funny. Like, yeah. that's what I want to see. I love Ali that would make me laugh. Ricky Gervais, he's funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah Ricky would be awesome. Yeah. Okay. Um, That's good. That's Richard Branson. Oh, six. Wow, this is great. <laughs> yeah, because I, I actually, I mean, I can do my own research as well, but I'd love to hear. I've, and I've heard things about Richard Branson's story, but like some of these, you know, hugely successful entrepreneurs, mm. I would love to, you know, someone like Richard Branson. Simon Cowell. Yeah, I think Simon would be great. All right, we've we got a bit of a list here now. Yeah, you've got a whole list, and yeah. now you know to reach out to. <laughs> start sending those That's emails. Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, final question. No more dates for you. <laughs> busy now. Uh, no, he'll have plenty of dates. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this podcast has the word disruptive in it, disruptive mm. entrepreneur. What does the word disruptive mean to you? I mean, I feel I'm a bit disruptive, to be honest. Um, it's shaking things up. It's not playing by the rules. It's doing things your way. It's adding some spice and some sass and some sauce. That was you awesome. That, yeah. That's your soundbite there, Harry. Yeah. That was great. Love it. <laughs> uh, where can we follow you? Where, what's your main social yeah. medias you use? So I mainly use Instagram. Um, so I'm just Sharon Carpenter everywhere. I'm never even sure which camera to look at so I'm um, splitting the difference oh, okay. Okay. that one's living on Instagram okay moment. okay yeah. okay so uh, yeah I'm Sharon Carpenter on Instagram I'm Sharon Carpenter on Twitter I'm Shaz Carpenter on uh, Snapchat but I don't use it that much anymore um, so Twitter and Instagram are like the two main ones mm. mostly Instagram if you want to see cool pictures um, but Twitter if you want to reach me and you know comment okay yeah and is there anything you are promoting publishing any work that you've done that we should check out um yeah so i still work with hq trivia in the u.s but you can play over here it's just like two o'clock in the morning um there's a show that i was talking about that i host on the royal family which is a weekly show um we're back in january and uh that's a, a weekly show that comes on thursday at 5 30 p.m eastern and that's all over the web as well so you can find that on youtube mm -hmm. and we um, push it out live on Twitter as well. 5.30 is 10.30 though. But you can still find it on YouTube yeah. sort of after the fact. Um, you know, I work with BBC. I'm sort of all over the place. You'll catch me on Wendy Williams. Um, and But stay tuned to my social media because I usually you know, talk about what I'm doing next mm. on there. And then, you know, hopefully... You should have your I'm own a podcast. Well, oh, that's another thing. Yeah, I forgot to mention. I'm uh, We're doing a show. So I'm putting together an interview show. Uh, with uh, a producer and it's, it's going to be a sit-down interview show and it's really going to be, you know, a, a conversational show but really kind of digging in and it's going to be a place where celebrities can tell their side of the story and I think, you know, yeah, there are other places like that but I think that what we are doing with this particular show is kind of splitting the difference or incorporating both the credibility aspect that is missing from a lot of these shows nowadays and the entertainment value. And I think one thing about me is um, kind of throughout my career, no matter what type of platform I've been on, I've been a voice to young people um, without sort of uh, alienating 
the the older crowd. Um, and so th this is kind of like a maybe a younger spin on your sort of not hard news interview, but your your kind of more thorough mm. news interview. But yeah. a place where people aren't going to be judged, uh, where someone can come and, and know that their story is going to be represented. Uh, in the right way yeah. and I'm excited about that because I, I love doing sit down you know in-depth interviews yeah yeah Sharon thank you very much thank you it's been it was, fun it's been so much thank fun you. yeah for the last hour I've really needed the toilet <laughs> have you really I wondered why you were shaking yeah. like that I do that anyway <laughs> I do that anyway do you mind if I just quickly no, while no, we're no go, yeah. go ahead um, I'll do the sign off for you yeah yeah it. please yeah Harry get the what sign off what is the sign off Guys, if you enjoyed this interview, make sure to like and subscribe.